Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for being here today. My guest today is hip-hop artist Jay Sinatra from Syracuse, now living in the Orlando area. This dude is amazing. I found him because I have been on sort of a mission to find, you know, dope hip-hop artists in some of the smaller markets out there. You know, I talked to Wordplay, the Flyest MC up in Juneau, Alaska. We talked to Concept in San Antonio and Beto Raps in San Antonio a few times and um, Set the Tone T and Shadow as well. And so Syracuse to me has always had sort of a special place in my heart. They were the team that I was really into growing up. I think my first fitted hat was a Syracuse hat. Uh, I got to visit the Carrier Dome when I was younger and we were looking at potentially going to Syracuse. I did not end up going there. Everybody there screamed how cold it was. And um, yeah, that was that. But um, I love the city. I love the team. And I was so happy to get a chance to talk to Jay. Not only um, did Jay and I have this conversation, but he actually is featured on my album or my, my EP, Quiet Life, Loud Friends. I'm not, as I'm recording this now in end of July, I'm not sure exactly when it will be released, but it is mostly done. And as you can see in the background, I'm still working on the cover, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Jay's verse is absolutely amazing. It's, um, it's funny. It's a pretty aggressive song that we're on. And I didn't know Jay before. I'd never talked to him before this conversation other than a few messages back and forth. And, you know, he didn't really know me that very well either. And, um, it's funny how not aggressive we both come off in this, in this, uh, in this interview. I think we're both pretty um, calm, collected dudes. So, uh, I don't know, it was fun. Jay, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for being in the interview. I'm sorry we didn't figure out to the last 15 minutes that we were both wrestling fans. So, at some point, maybe we'll have you and some other guests back to talk some wrestling because it seems to be a topic that comes up a lot here. So, go check out Jay's music, Jay Sinatra, on Instagram. Google him. He's on Spotify, all that good stuff. So, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. My guest today is hip-hop artist and business owner, Jay Sinatra. How are you doing today, Jay? Doing great, bro. How are you doing? Fantastic, man. So um, we crossed paths because, so if people have watched the show, you know that I've, I recently talked to um, Wordplay, an Alaskan hip-hop artist. I talked to the people from San Antonio all the time. So I kind of went on a mission to find people, rappers from different cities that I had some sort of affiliation with. You'd think right now you're from Philly. As I look at myself, I'm like, <laughs> but no, um, you landed my path, my you crossed my path because um you're from Syracuse and I was a huge Syracuse fan growing up. I remember going to the Carrier Dome to look at the school when I was younger and I remember it being a exciting trip for me. And so um yeah, that's that's what it is, man. We recently did a song together for my new APEP, Quiet Life, Loud Friends that might be out now, might not, we'll see. But um what's going on today? <laughs> uh not too much, man. Just enjoying this Sunday, bro. Um normally this is kind of like, you know, rest time downtime and stuff like that but you know you hit me it was like hey bro i would love to get you on a podcast get you on an interview i was like man say no more bro just let me know when and we can go ahead and do it man i appreciate that so um so you're syracuse you're from syracuse you're in florida now right yeah i'm in florida now all right so how so how long like do, do you really define your roots as being an, uh, an, a northern mc or is it do you feel like you're more of a, of a florida style or what's really the difference <laughs> 
I would definitely say more so uh, Northern, mainly due to the fact that, you know, since I've been rapping, I've been getting comparisons to Jay-Z, like, out of the out of this world. Like, take it, take getting, it. Hey, yeah, exactly. That's a goat. That's a legend. Yeah. So I'm going to take it, of course. But yeah, I would say definitely they're they're deeply rooted in Northern hip hop because that seems to be kind of like my style when people hear my music, uh, my lyricism, my wordplay, stuff like that. It really kind of does come from New York more so than South for the most part. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Jay Z because so there was when I there was one song in particular that I before we had um, interacted I, I heard on Spotify. I wish I could remember the name that it was from. <laughs> I want to. Sh- I mentioned it to you, and it was. I'm. I'm so bad with names, but the thing no, that don't. I really, I really dug about it was the, like, you. There was like one of those beats where there was sonically a lot of space, and your voice totally filled it up. And it reminded me of like some of those early Jay Zs. It reminded me also of Papoose, like that. I heard a little bit of that in your voice too, who I'm a huge right. fan of. And it just, I was like, if you can fill up this space, and he can, then you should just murder any track. Like I was, I was blown <laughs> away by just like. The Appreciate vocal, it. yeah. So most definitely, most definitely. And I haven't, I've never heard anyone say Pat Poos, so you are a first oh, for saying that. Now I know Pat Poos, don't get me wrong. Like I know Pat Poos, he is a legend in his own right himself. I mean, the alphabetical slaughter, bro. Oh, what is there to be said about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, him <laughs> like, and Remy Ma, what a one-two punch those two are as a bro, couple. Bro, know? so it's like for you to even put me in the same space as him, that's an honor as well, too. So yeah, but yeah. now, nah, man, like I said, I just really pride myself in lyricism. I pride myself in that. I pride myself in wordplay. Um, and I also pride myself in the, the ability to, to tell a story, you know, like be able to actually get a message across that may relate to the listener, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever the case may be, you know, that's always been kind of like a pride of mine. And that's a lost art in hip hop, like the, the, the storytelling aspect. I mean, it's, it was something that was just so important in the early days from like children's story from Slick Rick to like Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys to like, you know, like Lottie Dottie by Snoop or Slick. It's like, it's, um, these days it's, 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 it's not done as much. It's, it's, um, you're just sort of reiterating a copy of a copy, not you, I mean, other people. Yeah. Other artists and stuff like that. And, and truth be told, bro, it's like with the exceptions of the course, you know, the Kendricks, the J. Cole, you know the Lupe's, all those guys. Okay, you know, yeah. we, we still got those. You know, but yeah. as far as like the the plentiful storytellers as we used to have back in the golden era, I consider to be the '90s of hip hop. You know, what I mean, like we don't have that no more. Like you said, like we really got to kind of search far and wide, and a lot of it is really coming from the underground. You know, the, the place where we represent, where we're coming from. Like a lot of that is coming from there. But, you know, at the end of the day, bro, it's still out there. It's just that we have to really try hard to find it now. It wasn't just like blatantly put in our face no more. Now it's like, okay, let's cipher through all these gimmicky commercial rappers and let's find these storytellers, you know. It's funny. I So my man Concept in San Antonio, I had him on recently. I asked him, like, this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop this year. And I asked him yep. predictions for what he thought hip hop would look like when it's 100 years old. And what he said was he thought it would be basically almost gone. Like, or, or like something that almost, he didn't use these words, but almost something more like ballet where it's appreciated as a finer art, but it's less, it's less mainstream, but the people who into it are really into it. And it, it reminds me of something that they asked Steven Spielberg, what he thought film would be like in the future. And he said he thought there'd be way less films. They would, they would be in the theaters way longer and they'd cost a hundred dollars to go see. And, huh. 
it's like so it's like i don't i mean i don't think concept heard spielberg say that or spielberg heard concept say it but to me it's an it's an interesting thought about how these art forms that so many people love so much the belief is over time they're going to be turned into something that's really just liked by a small amount of people so now that i gave you that all everybody else's answer where, where do you what do you what do you think the future of hip-hop has like you know 150 years down the road do you think it'll still be around do you think it'll still be evolving or because for me personally i can't believe we're in an era where drums aren't as big of hip-hop as they used to be so bro, anything's on the table now bro with the exception of you know the griseldas you know yes. the exceptions yep. of uh who else the um the run the jewels you know those guys you know like that are actually still keeping that pure art form alive Zarf, i'll throw Zarface in that mix like yeah you know. Zarface. you know like you you don't get that anymore you know so it's like for me where i think my prediction for hip-hop would be um like I said, it'd be a lot less mainstream because I think it's really starting to maybe take a turn for the underground again, for for the the indie level artistry. I think it's starting to get back to that point. But at the same time, though, I feel like you like he was saying, like it's not gonna be as pure of an art form anymore. Like hip hop is gonna be kind of diluted. Like there's gonna be so many more different elements incorporated into hip hop because I'm starting to hear it already. You know, there's um there's actually an artist that I just came across because I was looking at you know the reviews for the XXL uh freshman list and everything this year's, and there's actually um an artist by the name of Tia Corinne who's like kind of blending so many different like styles and genres together with hip hop. So it's like to say that it's gonna be a hundred percent pure hip hop like what we grew up on, boom bap you know, the, the backpack rap, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of everything just kind of meshed together. In the same way, we don't see people walking around like the Great Gatsby anymore either. So it's like yeah. there's this we, we there's this thing that I that happened a lot about 15, 20 years ago in Grand Hip Hop where everyone's like, yo, I'm taking it back to 92. I'm taking it back to 94. <laughs> I'm like, yo, there's still records from 92, 94 I haven't heard yet. Like, so like... Exactly. I'm gonna listen to that shit first. Like, take it back to now. <laughs> like, or maybe even <laughs> yeah, next like, year. Like, like, let that be where it is, bro. And I say that so many times where I hear remakes of songs. I'm like, yo, just right. let that live on its own. Like, I get it. It's a great record. I get you want to kind of recapture that feeling, but just let that live on its own, man, and, yeah. and create your own. You know, Rem like, remakes that. are for Weird Al. Like, that's the way I see it. <laughs> like, unless yeah, you're doing something like, like that, like, which, you know, isn't really hip hop, but like, it, it, there is so much. It's like, I love um, uh, Coy Ray. But like her big couple songs, it's like a lot of that was lifted from somebody else. Like, bro, bro, you have like, I'll dance to it, I, but still. <laughs> I've literally like sat down and, and, and try to count how many records, like her and uh, you're familiar with Sweetie? Yeah, yeah. Bro, I try to sit there and count like how many original songs these people have. So I'm I like, know. yo, like that is literally another record like that was yeah. done back in the day. Like, and it's probably it's been like, done six times since. <laughs> exactly. It's like, where's the originality, man? I literally say this all the time. My wife and we're just speaking. I'm like, yo, where's the originality, bro? Like, where's like the pure, like it ain't even got to be necessarily boom bap hip hop, but where's the pure creativity? Right. Like, I feel like it's missing in this genre, bro. Like, yes, you can see yes. pop. Pop is innovative. Pop is creative. Pop is doing things different. Um, rock, same thing. Yeah, it might not be as, as, as 
I guess in a sense, in the public eye as much as it used to, but they're still innovative. They're still creating new things. There's still Hip-hop. multiple genres of, of rock that are popular at once. Like there's still there's still exactly. punk, there's still hard rock, there's still soft exactly. rock. Hip hop exactly. is still just hip hop to most people. Exactly. So it's like with hip hop, it's like we're literally just recycling stuff. I'm just like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. where is the originality, man? <laughs> yeah. There's so many things in hip hop I'm done with forever. I'm done with the people going like this. And I'm done with talking to the money in the phone. I'm done with all of that shit. Like, so you're done with the Birdman? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Birdman can do it. I'm thinking about the dudes from, like, you know, my neck of the woods. The, the, the Sully, Some dude named Sully with a brim that's, like, flatter than flat and 96 yeah. shamrocks on. And he just, like... You know, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I'm probably camera, describing like 35 real people. They're now going to be hunting me down. But I'm you seven. probably are, bro. You probably yeah. are. I mean, but they won't take it the wrong way. I hope no, 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 they can't, <laughs> they can't find me. <laughs> they think I'm, they think I'm in Philly based on how I look. So, um, but like, it's shit like that where you're just like, I always hate like the I'm what's next. I hate this is an instant classic. It's just like, oh, no, it's not, man. It's just, it's, yeah, like let it, let it have time to marinate before we give it that label classic, bro. Right. Like right now, I think, um, and I hate to keep using like, you know, actual reference points as far as like other artists and stuff ah, like that. Okay. But it's like right now with Nas, it's like he dropped Magic too. Yes. You know, and I have that actually come out or is that just coming out? No, that's out. That's out. Okay, because sure. I remember so I hearing last week there was a rumor Magic Two is coming. Then I heard it is coming, but I wasn't sure if it was coming like last week nah, or coming soon. All right, it's out for sure. Out. I think they actually got footage of him like listening to it, like at a uh, listening party or something like that, like in NY. Nice. But um, automatically people are like, "That's a classic." <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, so I can't yeah, really give it yeah. that title until I actually thoroughly, from top to bottom, do a full listen and then be yeah. like, "All right, cool." You know, and even with that, I don't think I necessarily give it a classic because that's a strong like thing to attach to a project right. like it, okay. it's got to be something that resonates like entirely right. the last record that i remember someone calling people calling instant classic that i think actually was 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 cuban links too like that's the only <laughs> one that people went nuts on that and now to still to this day i might even like it more than i liked it then but even like you think like we waited so long for the newest kendrick album and that was a great album it still is a great album but it did kind of come and go pretty quick like people like the, the chatter about it died down fast yeah, and I think honestly, and that's no, like, that's no, nothing towards him. Like, you know, oh yeah, 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 because he's true to me, bro. He's probably one of the few artists that can literally go ghost for like years and come back and drop like, oh, here's an album, yeah. by the way, you know, yeah. like, and he still gets the reception that most people expect. But as far as like tying it to be a classic, I wouldn't call it a classic. I wouldn't put it in that realm. Like for me, it's a solid album. It's an amazing right. album. It has so many cuts and so many records that I was just like damn like he really did that but for me to call it a classic I wouldn't give it that there, right. there, it has to be something more than just hey this is a dope album it has yeah. to be more than that especially when you already have Mad City and um <laughs> Pimp a Butterfly in your discography it's, yeah. it's, too, many. it's yeah. too many you know what I mean so it's like to give that the classic dude run a whole um you want a Pulitzer Prize for damn bro. yeah I know they're teaching like, that as a college course right as they should be it's 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 amazing it's that's you know. what i'm saying like come on man i feel like that was his magnum opus you know what i mean as far as like okay that is the standard of an album for classic material 
And just think, sick. just think about like you know he's from Compton, where this was yeah. where Serena and Venus Williams Williams are from. It's mm-hmm. like so much of what is now mainstream American culture from from that perspective originates from that part of the world, and still it gets yep. shit on, which is just like you know it throw oh, NWA in there too, you know Snoop all those you know dudes. It's just, yeah, all those. Yeah, it's just, what a like cultural gift you know it's been to the world. Yeah, man. And that's why I said at the end of the day is like we still got some people champion for the, the true essence of hip hop. We still do. You know, they're starting to kind of like phase out a little bit because as they get older, you know, they start looking at other avenues like hip hop right. isn't their prime, you know, resource or their prime. Um, All of a sudden, Jadakus is selling coffee, you know, bro, it's like, or whatever just, it is, which I'm, I'm, I'm for it. That dude you, can do you anything. Styles key. What, what is Styles P selling? Supplement. I want to say he's pretty vegan, so it might be something related supplement. to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. supplements, I think, something like that. I actually got on his website one day. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> I love those. Those jokes like to me, Jadakiss is absolutely amazing. Like yeah, his yeah, line you know, on, um, you know, I was talking to XL, the Beast from Boston. He's talking about how, how Gangstar was like the greatest album, greatest, right, one of the greatest crews of all time. Especially if you're from Boston, you love them. But I, whenever yeah. I think of Gangstar, I think about that song with Jadakiss, and I'm like, Jadakiss actually, I think, kind of killed Guru in that song. But he was like, um. You know why I invest the money in the haze and in the dope? Because right now I'm currently a slave for Interscope. You're like, what a fucking ridiculous <laughs> bar to kick off your line with, where it's like, fuck my record company and fuck you too. <laughs> like, and that's Yo, where we're Jada, starting. <laughs> Jada is Jada is a rare type of MC. Like he he he's one of those that come around every once in a blue moon. And I think honestly, people still haven't probably given him his flowers yet. Oh, I man. feel like this some like room to be like yo jada y'all gotta put some respect on his name because he's literally defined what street grit and what true hip-hop like in the sense of bars delivery yeah hey just being a student of the game like he embodies all that so for me you don't have to sell me on jada kids bro i i know how he gets down (laughs) it's like for those who don't know go back and listen to um his 50 cent diss songs uh, there's one in particular, and I'm, I can't remember the name of it, but it's just like it's blistering. It's just like it just it's Bro, just like, dude, what he did to um, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, but uh, versus they've haven't done one yes. that long yet. <laughs> With but what he did to Dipset, I know. Oh my! God, Everybody thought was Dipset funny. was gonna win that. I'm like, have y'all heard the locks? I know. I'm like, there's no way. Bro, I was like, is it Jada Kiss versus Dipset yeah, or is it the locks? Because it seems like, you know, Sheik and, and Styles. Styles be looking surprised as anybody. <laughs> yeah, they're just in the back chilling. And, yeah. and, and Jada is handling him by handling them by himself. I'm like, come on, man. What's <laughs> like, the respect for this man's name? I know. I know. It's, it's just ridiculous. So you yeah. said that the '90s is really what your your heyday of hip hop. Um, I don't you know uh, how. Where, what's your age range? Were you like a kid uh, back then, or I was? I want to say because around that time I was really actually in in why I was in Syracuse. So I would say probably like from eight to like ten. That was like my age range. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was so in, in the '90s. Yeah, in the okay, 90s. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was I was born in 79, so I was like maybe like okay. around 12 years old when like the chronic and all that shit came out. And okay. um yeah. it's just uh I mean I'd say for me the one that really blew my mind was Naughty by Nature. That Tretch from mm-hmm. Naughty by Nature is such a ridiculously underrated MC. And I remember hearing him and just being like, Holy shit. That's another one too, bro. And it's just like you because I think we lumped them with the group 
Right. So it's kind of hard to remove them from a group aspect and be like, hey, this MC can do this. Like, it's, it, we don't do that enough. Now, so having a black thought for years. Gotten. Bro, oh my God. Dude, black thought? He to me Yo, is the best. I, he to me is the best MC walking, the best total package. It's like, it, it's not fair that yes. you're that good. Like, it's, it's one thing to be good, but to be that good, bro. There's no reason why you should be that good. Like literally, people people have said this dude is an alien, bro. Yeah. Like, the same thing they say about like Andre three thousand. They say the same thing for Black Thought. Like he is a freaking machine. Yeah. You like, watch him in that Funk Flex freestyle. If I was just wearing the clothes he was wearing there and just sitting there, I'd be sweating in two minutes. This guy <laughs> is killing it, and it's like not a drop of sweat. Cool not as a, a motherfucking cucumber. Yeah, Funk Flex is losing his mind. <laughs> He's doing it flawlessly, bro. I'm talking about where it's like it doesn't even seem like he's out of his element. It's like he's in his element. He's yeah. in his home all the time, bro. I'm just like, yo, come on, man. Yeah, like, bro. Yeah, there's Hands so down. many lines in that. Like, it's just. I remember I've definitely done like hours on the treadmill where I just listened to that six times. And it's, just, <laughs> it's like there's like eight million views in that video. I swear, two million of them are mine. <laughs> Like pull bro, this, this motherfucker like a space Bro, jet. I probably got about 10. About 10. <laughs> it's so good. Man. Because it's just like you 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 go to appreciate stuff like that, bro, at the end of the day. Cause like we don't it, it's it's a rare commodity for us, you know. So speaking of rare commodities in hip hop, this is actually tied to Syracuse. I remember so when I t- went on the, the, the tour of Syracuse, it was for my brother who eventually went to Northwestern instead. But um, and I was thinking about Syracuse as well. But like, so it was the first time I was ever on a college campus. We took a tour of the dorms. And the only thing I really remember about that is it was the first time I figured out who Biggie was because I remember seeing the cover to Ready to Die in like multiple kids' rooms. And I'd seen it maybe before in like little ads, but didn't really, I'd never heard the song or anything. But I was just, I remember being like, oh, this is something somebody that I need to know and it was like in that moment that I went home I was like all right we got to figure out who this person is obviously there's no internet back then I'm in a small town in Massachusetts it's like it's not like anybody's knocking them I didn't I didn't have cable till 2001 so I was kind of out of (laughs) I grew up in a town where they didn't actually couldn't get cable until like 1990 or 1991 and to call Mm -hmm. somebody in town you could you could only had to press five numbers on your phone like up until like so it's that's crazy yeah it it was a small town so there wasn't a whole lot I, there i was um teased m- mercilessly for my love of hip-hop because it's, it's you know <laughs> but whatever Man, that's crazy so so pretty much like like you kind of had like trying to see how to how to word it so you kind of had like the outside point of view and perspective of like new york hip-hop like you yes. kind of saw where it was going and what it was doing and it just kind of caught your intrigue. It was like, yo, I want to know what that is. Like, yeah, and then yeah. it became like an obsession in a sense. Right. It started with the same things that start for most um, white kids my age. DJ Jeff and the Fresh Prince and the Beastie Boys. It's like okay. once you got once I got my ears on that shit, and that was the gateway drug. To, and then it was like okay. from right there, it went to Easy E, NWA, yep. and Digital Underground. And then I was yep. <laughs> like, like in that order is like, yeah because it's, it's like once i that. see that it's like you have easy e on this end and you have humpty hump on this end and then somewhere <laughs> in the middle is like jazzy jeff and beastie boys but you realize that's a really big range like it's like yeah and it's like you can fit yeah. somewhere into that somewhere because it's like mm-hmm. i think a lot of people i knew grow up grew up one of my peers they didn't listen to rap they just saw people like dr dre or snoop and said well that is what rap is and that's all it is and if you like rap it means you want to be that 
and you're just like that yeah yeah it's like that's such a huge jump to make and um i don't know i just was so encouraged by these other people that you're like well i mean no one's like it's like no one's walking around thinking shock g's a tough guy from digital underground he's just shocked you know you just realize it's like there's room yeah he's having fun like the man hold had a freaking the little mask with the not a mask but like little glasses with yeah, the yeah 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 he was having fun <laughs> and i always remember too so i remember they someone once asked ice cube like you know you were you're a dude who had a lot of ang- you know angry hip-hop you know you had a lot of like very aggressive but you also starred in these family movies and they're like what's up with that and he's like well he sort of spoke to it about like how america only wants to see you know black people as one way it's like they forget that you can be angry in the streets but you still come home to a family and you want to spend family time you're not going to come home and like just put the ak on the coffee table and be like <laughs> kid you know go get me a four it's just like this idea that like that is weird but it's like the idea that ice cube would go home and actually be a family man it's like it shouldn't be a weird thought you know it's like yeah, it, it shouldn't be but it's like in in this day and age it's like we i think we've gotten so used to like okay this person is this way all the time like there is no downtime there is no off switch but it's like with the embrace and the emergence of social media we're able to see behind the scenes now like oh this person's a regular person just like right just like me you know they like they're they're doing normal regular act day, uh, day-to-day activity like it's not just let me be this hard hardened criminal drug dealer individual scarface level type you know like i, I actually have a family. I actually have a wife. I have kids. I have, you know, regular day to day stuff that I got to do. So I have roots yeah, in the man. community. It's like I'm not. Yeah, just like, like, I it's like they want to paint you like know, a psychopath. Like, essentially, is what it is. They want to paint you as a loner exactly. or a psychopath. And, exactly. I feel like that's where hip hop takes that dark turn because it's like we always got to, you know, um, in a sense, glorify, you know, just the, the negativity. It's like there's so much positivity in hip hop, bro. There's right. so yeah. much like. And, and, and it's like it always gets overshadowed by the negativity, you know, and it's it's sad. It, it's, it really does suck. But, you know, you know what I've been enjoying lately is um my my girlfriend got Paramount Plus for some show she wants to watch. And I found that it has like tons of old UMTV raps. And it's oh, like, yeah, and I haven't seen those. I mean, a lot of them, like I said, in the cable till 2001, I saw some of them at friend's house, but a lot of them I've never seen. A lot of them I haven't seen in years. And you're just like, oh, they're just, it's like Ed Lover just stopping by the crisscross set to interview <laughs> them. And it's just like this slice of time that you're like, wow, there it is. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. and it's just footage that you haven't seen in a while because it's owned by Viacom or MTV. So it's not like it's just popping up everywhere. It's just, it's really, really enjoyable to like relive oh, some yeah. of those moments. Like, like it's a time capsule, bro. It really yeah. is. Like I've been watching on YouTube. There's a guy who does like, I guess like kind of like a modern day review of like all the old uh, music award shows, oh, like mostly like VMAs. So yeah. it's like heavily like MTV related and stuff like that. He literally take like a whole video and just kind of basically like a deep dive of like old VMAs and music board shows. And it's like, I love seeing stuff like that because that was my childhood. You know, that was my teenage years. I grew up on that stuff. So it's like, it's, it's great, man. It really is, man. And so many of those featured really kind of off the wall collaborations, like one night only, like Herbie Hancock up there with I forget who, but it's just like the it's like stuff that that never happened again and sort of was almost instantly forgotten about because it yep. wasn't like it was gonna tour, it was just some special night where everybody, you know, or, or mm-hmm. tribute to someone who recently passed, or, you know. Yeah, like what I would love to see them bring back unplugs, bro. Oh, unplugs. 
I listened. I was listening. Uh, I had my. I was driving around yesterday in Maine with my mom in the car, and I was listening with my mm-hmm. iPod. I'm like, what can I put on that's gonna be okay? And I put on like Pearl Jam <laughs> Unplugged, and I was like, oh, this feels good. It's a nice like, yeah. Arrested <laughs> Development nice Unplugged. Feeling. That was a good one too. You know, Jay Z Unplugged with the Roots. Jay-Z that's unplugged. awesome. Yeah, um, Mariah bro. Carey Unplugged was. Uh, oh my god, Orange Jackson did an unplug. Yes. Yeah, like bro, it's just it brings back a a nice feeling. Like it's just like, damn man, I missed this. Like this is what music used to be like it, it's no longer that which it was an know, event but it's you know, like it literally was like i can see pure art being made in real time right here right now yeah versus like right now it's like we get what we get but it's like back then like we had full like display of like yo this is artistry Nirvana Unplugged was like that because he came out and he did a couple of cover songs nobody knew and he didn't play any of the hits but it was so magical and it was the last thing he, one of the last things he gave the world before he left and he was just like it's just a magical like I think his like guitar or his outfit for that is one of those things that's like astronomically gone for astronomical high numbers that oh yeah it's just oh, a significant yeah. part of history you know for sure man and I'm just like yo let's let's get back to that you know what I mean I get it you know time passes things change i get all that but it's like let's get back to that man because that just it resonates so well like with our generation so well that's something i was thinking about too because now we're really on the cusp of ai and there's in this talk of like you know for you know you think about the way we we can already make ai art pretty soon we can make ai music like that but the question for me is whether going to be people are really going to accept it or not or whether you know how good is a song if there's no authentic live experience of seeing it performed or if it can ever can't be recreated that way or like is it going to be an instance where music becomes so easy to make all these people that never really are into it to begin with are going to drop off and the real music will be left for people who really care it's like i I was talking Mm -hmm. to my dad this weekend about how so much of what happens in the world is an unintentional consequence of some change and it's like i don't think it'll the thing the music will play out exactly how it's like oh no one's gonna have to do this anymore but something will change i know it's not going to stop me from wanting to make my own music but like you know it, once it's in you and i tell my, my wife this all the time it's like music is in you bro like it's it's not something that yeah there's a lot of people that go to school and learn it there's a lot of people i just pick up on it you know it's just my hearsay but for the most part the, the the true artists the true creatives like that's within you you know this is just like a a, a channel to basically channel that 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 energy that expression that creation like that's what that is for us so it's something that'll never die out. Like the pure artists are gonna remain. You know, all all the the ones that are kind of like, I guess what you would continue to uh, deem to be like a one hit wonder. Those are the ones that's gonna kind of like phase out. But the true artists, they're always gonna be here, bro. I read an article that Beanie Siegel, who was shot in 2014, and his voice has never mm-hmm. been the same again. He's working on something now where they're able, he's able to record his verses with what he's capable of doing. But he's working with some AI people that are able to make it sound like his old voice. That's insane. Right. That's possible. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But like on the flip side of that, so I'm working on a song right now and I have a hook that I wrote and recorded. And I'm singing it, but it's, I don't have a singing voice. So I kind of was singing it only as just a sample to get somebody else. But mm-hmm. I really picture it being kind of like, like, like the old Beach Boys, like Brian Wilson melodies to it. And I'm like, if I had the, in, in a year from now, I might be able to have the ability to go, okay, I was singing this in Brian Wilson's voice and then give me that file. And that's where you're just like, okay, what's that going to be like? And is that going to be like, what does it do to the legacy of Brian Wilson? What does it do to the value of my music? And like, 
like is it a shortcut or is it an artistic choice is it a sample i i, I don't know but that's a, that's a great question man i mean i feel like that's Thank just you. i just thought of it <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna keep me up at night <laughs> that's amazing take like for real like but I think that's just like one of those things that we're going to have to kind of, you know, that bridge once we get to it, we're going to have to cross. You know, like right now, like we can't really determine exactly what it's going to be and how it's going to unfold. But once we get there, though, then it's kind of going to be like, OK, do we implement this? Do we allow this to happen? Because like you said, it can really tarnish a legends yeah. like, like it can tarnish them and almost in a sense, write them out. Like, do we want to do that or do we want to, you know, allow you know, the legacy to stay intact and allow that particular creative, that particular legend is to kind of thrive and live on their own. And yeah. you know, bridge from down the cross once you get there. So it's funny. The other thing I was talking to my parents about this weekend, how like when we were younger, you could all right, think about like maybe in like the 50s or 60s, like how many people, individual people in the world have the ability, would have the ability to like blow up the world or at least alter it in a hugely negative way. You could probably count them on like two hands. And it's like as time has gone on, there's now there's more and more people now that people have more and more weapons, it's more and more yeah. people who have that ability, which means like it's more and more likely to happen. And it's like, this is a tool too, where it's like, once this tool is in everybody's hands, it's like, it's just going to be maddening. I don't, it's going to be so many people who can blow up the music world, I guess. Or I don't know. It's going to, it's, I'm excited for it. Cause like, I kind of always like a little bit of chaos. So it's like, I don't leave the house very much. So like, you know, we watch it. Like, far, but. I get, you know, <laughs> like this is my enjoyment right here. So let, hey, yeah. let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have this. I'm um, saying I posted it once again today on um on my Instagram is that um if you're if you're arguing in the comment section you've already lost, and that's that's my mentality of like I want to stay outside of the fray completely, especially like like I think once you start bickering in the Facebook comments you should just shut it down. Like you should be like you should be like I you really take a look at yourself. Like, even if it's something, this stuff I really believe in and they almost get, I've had it written so many times and I've hit and delete right before it posts. And it's like, I'm so proud of myself in those moments. Yo, like for me, I just don't man, want the smoke, I guess. I don't know. It's not about necessarily not wanting to smoke. It's just like, you feel like you have so many other better things you could be doing. <laughs> you know, like, there's so much, there's only but so much time in a day. You know, like why spend 30 to 45 minutes to an hour of that debating going back and forth about something that's really not even necessarily that detrimental to your life <laughs> right right i it's, can leave this over here and i'm good you know yeah. it's like we're not going to solve science versus religion today in this facebook group <laughs> like, yeah that that debate will rage on <laughs> no no very like we're gonna have a whole long ted talk right now comments <laughs> yeah, Oh, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before I forget, so now that I've so I've already interviewed myself on this podcast, but what my early hip hop inspirations are, maybe we should ask you, what were some of those records that for you, when you heard really on early on, caught your attention? I would say um, for sure, since we already kind of unveiled him, uh, definitely Biggie. You know, Ready to Die. That's yeah. you know, one of those records that will forever live on. His legacy will never die out just off of that record alone. Granny has to. You know, life after death as well. But I feel like we're ready to die. His his legacy is cemented. Oh, uh, and life after death is fucking flawless, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Except for I, player haters, sometimes it's a little rough to get through. But like yeah, that album front to end is amazing. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from you know life life after death. It's just yeah. that with 
died, I feel like that is synonymous with Big. Like everybody knows, just off the freaking iconic album cover, bro. The little oh, yeah. kid, you know, the baby with the diaper yeah. on. I mean, it caught my eye out of just I. It was like it was that that made me go. I need to pay attention to this. And yeah, like, like, you know. like who is that baby? I need to know who that I know, baby. I know. You know what's a funny story? Um, you, you ever heard of the Smashing Pumpkins? You ever heard of them? Yeah. All right. So Smashing Pumpkins, their first big album, Siamese Dream, had two little girls on the cover, just kind of hugging. Years and years later, one of those girls became the basis for Smashing Pumpkins. And she had to audition and didn't tell anybody involved who she was until she already got the gig. Wow. Fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I'm saying, man. It's like iconic artwork, bro. That's going to press the time that actually goes along hand in hand with the music. That's always going to be something that's going to live forever, you know. We so. talked about that recently with concept. It's like you can't judge a book by its cover, but I think you can judge an album by its cover. I think it it's absolutely you know. because don't. And that's what's crazy. It's like just having this conversation. It it, it kind of makes sense now. It's like a lot of people don't put so much emphasis on their artwork. Artwork is probably I say maybe seventy to eighty percent of the presentation. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you know, because. Today is like that's what's gonna grab your attention before you even hear a single word on that album spit. Catches you know your mean? imagination. It's yeah, you know, like mm, is that intriguing enough for me to actually take a listen to this? Maybe right. or mm, nah, I'm not really feeling that. I don't think I'm gonna enjoy that. I'm gonna leave that alone. Artwork, it, bro. It changes the artwork. Changes the way you hear the album in a way that I can't really put into words. But like it does, it it leads you, it leads whatever your mind is going to see in some way, shape or form. And it's in the amount. So whenever I get like, sometimes uh, there's, there's a couple of record stores in Germany that I really like that um, you get really good deals, but you have to order a lot in order to get a good deal because it's shipping expensive. So sometimes I'm like, oh, right, well, this is going to be my, my thing. And I always order like one record that I only buy the cover and never have heard it before. And almost every time it's, it's an absolute banger. It, it's just, you can tell. It's like, the thing is, like, nobody would put all this work into the art if the music wasn't good. It's like, that's, you know. That's literally what it is, man. So it's like the artwork is always going to set you up for, is it going to be an amazing album or is it going to be trash? It always sets you up. It's kind of funny. So, like, to talk about, you know, my roots a little, we'll get back to you in a second. I remember I bought this cassette, um, Ghetto Boys, We Can't Be Stopped. Ooh, the iconic with the O's. I got this when it came out, and I was a little kid, and I remember I was with my grandparents. I bought it on a trip to New Hampshire, and I put it in my tape, my my Walkman, and I was terrified. And I was like, this was way too real for me. And I put it away for six months to a year until I was mature. Because I was was maybe like 10 or 11. I'm like, this is a 12-year-old thing. Oh, yeah. But this record is wild as fuck. But it basically introduced me to the adult world. Yeah, yeah. That's mine playing tricks on me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eric, Eric, still to this day, man, my wife cannot listen to that and not be creeped out. <laughs> still to this day. She Tell her not to listen to the rest of the record then, because it's a lot of fucked up shit on it. I was like, yo, and if you listen, if you if you actually saw that the the uh the video, yeah. Bruh, the video first. <laughs> like, there's there's wait. so many crazy Bushwick Bill stories online. Like, that's a, if you go do it in a YouTube wormhole of Bushwick Bill stories, I think I heard one that MC Search told that was absolutely insane. He's just one of those dudes that I think every day of his life that he lived, somebody who he encountered has a crazy story about what happened that day. Yeah, Bushwick was a wild boy, man. He was a yeah. wild boy. Yeah. So what what else was it that um that inspired you early on? Definitely Nas, man. Illmatic. Yeah. Nas 
probably hands down, if not my favorite rapper, he's definitely top three for me. Um, uh, Illmatic for sure. Um, I would say Jizza, Liquid Swords. That's one Love. of my all-time favorites. He just ran that back, I think, maybe a month or two ago. I just ran it back. So I usually do that from periodically from yeah. time to time. Yeah. I take a record, just run it back. Um, that uh, definitely built for Cuban Links. Amazing album. Uh, Raekwon, Ghostface. Um, definitely Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauder, uh, Marauders. I love that album as well, too. I run them back frequently. Yeah. Um, Low End Theory was one of the first. I remember I got that and Heavy D and the Boys' Peaceful Journey on the same day. It was like my fourth and fifth CDs I ever had, and I played the shit out of them. Nice, bro. Yeah, like any any Tribe Called Quest for me, bro, is a win. Um, I would say back in the day when I was a teenager before I had status and before I had a pager, you could find the abstract bro. listening to hip hop. My pop used to say, reminding him, beat that shit. The treat for me to run those old records back, man, is is it's just so it does something to me, like it just takes me back, transports me back to a well, time. It's funny too because I remember at the time, you know, when I was a kid, people were like, hip hop's like disco, this is not music that's gonna last, this is like this is just basically recyclable, like whatever. But those records they do take you back, and there is a warmth and a feeling to them. And it's like, especially because so many of them, like so many of the samples in those records, I mean, they they harken back 20 years, so it's like there's almost a level you're going back 20 years and 40 years. And it's just you feel like you're a part of something evolving. Yeah, and it's just like you weren't alive during that time. Like, say, for example, like you were saying with the 40-year, you know, yeah. you still get to experience it through the music, through the sonics. You get to actually be like, damn, like, I, I can listen to I can experience this, like, as someone who was alive back during that time. So that's why I love it. It's a beautiful thing, bro, to be able to just hop in whatever it is you're listening to or just you know, stream whatever it is you're listening to, and it takes you back to a place, man. Like, for me, it takes me back to Syracuse. It takes me back to New York, you know, like, granted, I'm, but as soon as I listen to one of those records, I'm right back to Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what, so what was the hip-hop scene like in Syracuse? And, like, so Syracuse, for those who don't know, it's pretty far from New York, right? It's at least a couple out from New York City. It's, it's, a couple, it's closer to Canada, right? Yeah, and <laughs> it's crazy you said that because, um, some some of my artist friends, man, that I was running with, that I was doing music with, they was like, they kept throwing out little jabs here and there, like, yo, it's not New York, bro. It's not New York. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? It's like there's an NY behind it. Like, yeah, I know. Mean? It's like, you know, what are you gonna do? It's cold like New York. That was the other thing I remember from being in Syracuse. Everyone was screaming, Don't come here, it's freezing. <laughs> I'm like, bro, and the whole you... and the whole campus is a hill. And I was like, those stairs are gonna get icy as a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, nah, bro, that's not New York. That's not New York. I'm like, what do you mean? It was Whatever. like, man, Canada, bro. I was like, what's your name? <laughs> Canada, what? It's like, here's the thing. I've been to Buffalo and Syracuse, and I've been to Canada. There's a big difference. Yeah, it was like, what do you mean? So we're Canadians now, I guess? Yeah, okay. Shit. You know. But um, the New York, uh, the, the Syracuse music scene, um, it was pretty much majority of what was coming out of the boroughs, bro. Like, everything um, that was Queens, everything that was coming out of... um. What is it, the Bronx? Like any any artist that was coming out of that area, that's what we were listening to mostly. Like you know, of course, your Nazis, your, your your Bigs from BK. You know, your um, what is it? Of course, the Wu Tangs. Even though they yeah. they kind of cast it off Wu Tang to the side too. Like, oh, you're not from New York either. You're Staten Island. Get over there. Uh, like, 
It's I, like if you imagine if if, if Guild if Ghostface hadn't said fuck nine I'm ninety eight seven or was it fuck I'm hot ninety seven on on the summer jam how much different and they because they didn't play Wu Tang for like ten years after that or even long right. it's like that would have changed the course of history it's just yeah it's like how many amazing albums came out of that camp the camp that kind of just shunned away like ah get out of here Staten yeah. Islanders no yeah. bro. Dude, like we listened to them, we listened to uh chorus queens, mob, you know, we, we just listened to a bunch of stuff that was coming out of the boroughs, bro. Like that was that's why I say, like, even to this day, like I don't know what the Syracuse hip hop scene is. I really don't, you know, because not only am I not there, but it's like I don't hear too many artists putting on for Syracuse. I hear Rochester, I hear Buffalo, I hear, you know, all these other upstate areas, but I don't hear nothing about Syracuse. Like, yo, I'm uh, MC from Syracuse doing such and such. I don't hear that. Yeah, that's like we were talking X of the Beast, the Boston MC, a few weeks ago. He said something similar about he's a little older than me, so he was around the Boston hip hop scene earlier. And he was like, "That was the problem is anybody that was even had a close to the chance to make it will just go to New York." And so yeah. it's like it left us with like even Guru was our big dude, and he he left for Brooklyn. And it's you know it's there wasn't what's like why when the Mecca is right there, if you're serious about it, why would you stick around? Bro, J. Cole whole left North Carolina, the South, <laughs> yeah. to go to New York. You know what I'm saying? Because they know that's the mecca of hip-hop. Like, if anybody knows anything about hip-hop, that is, it's rightfully so, for the most part, for most people, in their opinion, the birthplace. Right. So I think Griselda is a weird exception just because I think, the, because they're sort of a collective, it's not like it's one person trying to make it. They sort of just really set their roots in and just grew from there. And, uh, you know, that's they to me, they really fit in the space between Wu-Tang and the locks like they're right. like sonically. It's like right there in the middle. And it's just I'm totally there for it. It's, it's just it's fucking amazing. The locks and Wu-Tang and they had a baby. Yeah, be great. it was Griselda. <laughs> and it's just I love that shit. You know, it's so militant with the way they move too because like you said it's kind of like a one for all and all for one situation yeah. it's not oh man i got nervous when i got signed to shady records i mean it's like i'm a, I'm a as you probably could guess i do love eminem but like everybody who signs to shady records you're like oh this ain't gonna work out well like this is just they for some reason they just never get around to like i don't know what and i'm just like i hope Rizelda doesn't fucking yeah the, under this but they survived I, I, yeah, but see the thing is, so I think they set up such an amazing deal for themselves to where they don't get lumped up into all those other artists that were just like I think they're shady slash Griselda slash uh, Interscope. Like there's so many other components that are added into that, so they won't be a hundred percent shady. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of those artists that didn't really make it off the ground, they were just strictly shady. So yeah, yeah, and I think there's something too where it's like. Someone like Ted Williams isn't the best baseball coach, hitting coach, because he can just naturally hit. And it's like, I think Eminem is such a natural MC. He's not probably the best businessman. And no. even like, I think his hooks are kind of, he's not even the best musician. I think his hooks aren't that great. But he's just so good at one thing. And then, you know. Yeah, I've heard so many people say that where like, he's an amazing artist, but business-wise, nah, that's not his strong point <laughs> no, at all. no. no. So, but I guess when you're still, when you still even being bad at business, have that much money, I guess, well, you know, it's who's laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and has what had God knows how many number one albums. Yeah. <laughs> so many like nominations for awards. He's probably won so many awards. Like it, it's at this point, his accolades are just endless. So yeah. 
So what were the rappers that made you, it's funny for me when I grew up, I couldn't figure out how rap was made. No one was there to explain to me what a drum machine was or like, or even what a 4-4 beat is. So it took me a while. Was, I, I got to rap by doing, by basically failing as a singer and being pretty good as like a poet. And then I was like, all right, we can try this. So what was it that inspired you to sort of actually pick up the pen and start working on your own songs? Uh, my brother. My brother was the main influence, uh, the main driving force behind me getting into it. Um, he was pretty much like a huge uh, New York rap uh, fan, you know, like that was his thing, um, especially his time spent in Syracuse. So um, he was full fledged on the mission to be a rapper. You know, like he was like, yo, I, I got to make it as a rapper. That's that's it for me. Um then one day he's like, "Hey, bro, um, I got this record. You see what you can do with it. You know, see if you can write something to it. If you spit it and it's cool, then we'll keep it. If not, then don't worry about it. It is what it is." So that first song that I actually rapped to, like the first beat I rapped on, was uh, DJ Khaled's "Brown Paper Bag." That was the very first one. Um, that's when I really started getting the the comparisons to Jay Z. Like that's when that initially initially first started. Was on song with, one. Yeah, okay, that's a good start. Song one. I don't know um, who they were comparing me to. I, I was thinking back to my first song, and those were not the comparisons they were making. <laughs> yeah, really. And I guess it's just you know because the wordplay, like the wordplay, was like kind of not necessarily southern. Because mind you, we were down here recording that. We were in Florida recording. Yeah. So you know, around that time, we had pretty much majority southern rappers like your Ti's, your Outkast, stuff like that. But and Little Wayne, of course, Little Wayne was dominating. But at the same time, it's like you weren't hearing, I guess, New York rappers as prominently as you were back in the 90s and stuff. So I guess that was kind of like a nostalgia thing for them. Like, oh, yeah, you sound like Jay-Z, like just the way you're approaching the track, your confidence, you know, the way you're rapping, the stuff that you're saying, like it's, the you space, know. The thing I think of the space you leave, like, um, like you know, when to come in and when to come out, which is something Jay-Z is so good at. Like I, there was, there's definitely that in, in, in your, in your music too. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I actually, um, one of my, my, uh, my artist friends, like he told me, he's like, yeah, bro, it's like, He's like, you're different. And I was like, what you mean? He was like, like your confidence, the way that you yes. deliver. Like it's it's no, it's no room for second guessing or there's no room for like, am I sure? It, it, does it sound right? It's like you command when you speak. You command a certain like, it might not be the most cleverest thing ever, but it's like, yo, you the way you pretty much convey it, it's flawless. It's That's 100% true. Because I'll tell you, that is the reason why I reached out to work with you on the Put the Mic Down song for my EP is because there's that one song that I heard of you on Spotify. And I was just like, if he can do this, if he can fill this space and he can do this, and I'm sure he can do anything. It's like, it's like, oh, this is just someone who knows what they're doing. This isn't somebody who lucked into a couple of good tracks. It's like, this is, you know, it's, it's he's exactly right. I know exactly what he's talking about. And what's crazy is the fact that it's like when you first sent me the record, bro, <laughs> a little behind the scenes, you know, Yeah. when you first sent me the record, I was like, oh, this, this is going to be a challenge right here. Yeah. And, and for me, that that's not like a lot of my records either. So I'd say it was a weird record for me to make. Yeah. I was just like, this is going to be a challenge. because I, I don't know what I was expecting to hear, but it wasn't that, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. man, it was like, okay, this is different. But it's a good different. Like I told you in the message, like my engineer loved that shit, bro. Like 
was like, yo, I love this. I was like, yo, just before we record, bro, this is not my usual lane. This is not no boom bap. This ain't no 90s hip hop stuff. This is this different. He was like, all right, cool. So he's hearing it just with your verse on it. Just with your verse on it, yeah. he's already, he already fell in love with it. Right. And he was he heard what I did to it. He was like, come on, man. Yeah. That's funny. The guy who made the beat literally just texted me right now. He must know that we're talking about him. <laughs> Look at that universe. Always top of it. I know. I know. Um, yeah. Shadow Pillsy Beats. Yeah. That um, I for that one, I remember it feeling when I heard the beat, feeling like a little Rage Against the Machine. Like I'm like, it's got a little bit of that to it, and that was that was kind of where I, I tried to go with it. Because I'm not a very, as you probably, see, I'm not a tremendously aggressive person, but I am doing a lot of <laughs> screaming about fighting on that song. I don't. Hopefully, hopefully, no one calls me on any of that. <laughs> yeah. Like speaking to you now, like one just like you know downtime outside of just the music, like you're a very calm dude. You're very yeah. like just mellow. Like it's not even like I know. And like yo, I like the aggression on it though because it calls for it. It's yeah. like it's that type of record where it's like you got to have some kind of like behind it, you know. Like it can't just be like I'm just gonna rap this mellow monotone the whole time. Like you gotta actually like have some little bravado and actually have like some aggression to it. And that's why I was like, yo, keep it, keep it yeah. that way. I mean, record a separate just to have as you know maybe a backup, but keep that, bro, because I like it. Yeah, and I told it. my it was like with me getting on this record i wasn't gonna try and mirror what you did i was gonna bring myself to right. it which i really but, appreciated that that's what i was hoping you'd do oh yeah absolutely and, but see the thing is a lot of artists they'll end up tricking their self into thinking i gotta be exactly like the artist that made the song i gotta do exactly what they did i looked at it like yo i'm gonna bring jason Nasher to this record like i'm gonna deliver what i would normally deliver on my own records or something else that's you know in my alley you know what i mean but yeah bro i enjoyed it man it was an amazing experience doing it and like i said at the end of the day man that's what really got me into music was my brother like without him i wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you right now so is he still making music um here and there like i feel like life has gotten the best of him you know so it's mm -hmm. kind of like he few and far in between makes songs and puts out stuff here and there but for the most part nah it's, it's mostly me I mean, I took 10 years off myself. I didn't start getting back into it until COVID hit and I was just stuck in an apartment alone going. I remember thinking, okay, there's some, a couple artists I always wanted to work with. I never quite finished my rap career I wanted to. I bet those artists right now, if I hit them up, they're probably hurting for money because they need to go. They're not going on tour. I bet I can get a good deal. And I started almost calculating in my head before I knew I was like typing and I'm like sending beats to people. I'm like, I haven't written a rap in 10 years. Why am I writing this person to check? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it snowballed. Hey man, I mean, did it work though? It, it has been because I haven't. So I released, I recorded this full album that's called "Drinking Songs for Children." It's coming oh. out. I'm making a film to go with it. It's about halfway done. There's like, it's like there's a video for every song. There's some stuff in between. But I got like Razkas, Elza, Young Dirty Bastard, Cool Keith, Copyright, Mac Lethal, and Esoteric, a few other people on it. So I got the album in the can. That's like everybody. It's my dream album, and now. I don't want to just drop it cold. I want to like work up to it so that I'm not just some random idiot dropping an album. So that's why we're doing the EP that you're on. I got, we got a couple other good people on that. I got another repeat comment. I'm just slowly building up my name, but it's like, I, um, I'm working with Percy P on a song and he was one of the dudes that made me quit rapping because I, when I heard him back in 2009, I was so intimidated. I'm like, fuck me. And now that I'm working with him on a song, then yes, it is working because it's all come together. So. 
and that's the most important thing, bro. As long as you have like a solid game plan behind how you're gonna actually present the music to the world, because I think that's where a lot of you know the failure for yeah. a lot of indie artists comes in. Is like they make all this amazing, great music, but how do they package it up and get it to the uh to the listener? Like, because you can only drop an album once. It's it's like you yeah. can't just drop yeah. it and go just kidding and put it back out. No take backs. There's no like, you know what? Where's the edit button on there? There, right. there is. And Kanye does it, but you know, not that he's the the model right now of who you should be. But who really follow Kanye right now? No yeah, one was, you know, no uh, shit. Yeah. Oh no! Nah, like at the end of the day, bro. As long as you have a solid game plan behind it, bro, and you actually have thought it out to where you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this at this time, or I'm gonna put this with this. Like you have all the pieces of the puzzle figured out. As long as you have that, bro. Well, hey, the thing man. is. The other thing, too, is keeping track of what your goal is. And my goal of this is not to really make money. It's not the tour. It's to be able to make another interesting opportunity. Because I, I was able to kind of invest a little money in this. But I, I couldn't, I could never justify at my point in my life doing that again. So I need this to get me to a point where someone else will give me the money to do my next thing. So that's sort of where my mind is at on it. And it's like, even doing this podcast and meeting all these new people that have all these ideas and all these new connections. It's like, that's where things are really working out, you know? Because that's what is that's I would say that's what it's really about at the end of the day. You know, it's really about building connections, networking, actually getting people. You know, that's that's what it's about. You know, so so what brought you down to Florida from Syracuse? And how long have you been there for? <sighs> My parents brought me down here, bro. <laughs> you know, we moved down here when I was ten. Um, haven't been back since, which I really got to work on that. I haven't been back to Syracuse in God knows how long. But um, what brought us down here, it was a lot of back and forth, you know, between here and um, Syracuse. Um, like, I'll be there, then I'll be down here, you know. And as a kid, it's got, like, a little bit too tiring. Uh, my parents, they got tired of doing it. So they were like, you know what, we're just going to pretty much set up shop here in Florida. And that's what we're going to do. And ever since then, have been down here. Yeah. What's the hip-hop scene like where you're at? Florida. Florida. There's a lot of different Floridas. I mean, I've been, I spent a bunch of time in Orlando and a little bit of time in Miami. Um, but that's, but I said, I was in a, I was in Miami, I think one night actually my entire life at a hotel for business in the cash money all-stars, two of their tour buses pulled up the same time I pulled up and the hotel was taken over like instantly. The lobby um, was wild as fuck. <laughs> imagine bro. That's what you said. Cash money. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, cash. it was a cat. No, it was it was a cash money. It was juvenile. He's cash money, right? Money, yeah. Around that time. That, yeah, yeah. It was back that ass up. It was around that time. It was like early two thousands. Yeah. That's cash money all day. Yep. Yeah, imagine too. Because I mean, cash money was that was their run. Like that was hip hop to pretty much rule it. But um, I would say down here, like I mentioned in our um, previous conversation, it's very competitive. It's, it's a lot of like, there's a lot of people making music down here. Like, I, I came to sit here and say, like, oh, it's a market with just a handful of people. Like, no, everybody makes music down here. But it's like, how do I put it? It's like people look out, but they're not necessarily inclined to look out because it's almost kind of like a, I got to be the top dog. <laughs> like, I, I can't allow someone else to share that spotlight with me. So um, it's very competitive, very kind of like, in, in in words of style, I would say probably more so. You got your lyrical here and there, but it's a lot of turn up music. To be honest with you, it's a lot of turn up music. It's a lot of, you know, lit music, whatever they want to call it these days. Like it's a lot of that. So yeah, yeah. Whenever I, I think, have you ever seen Spring Breakers? Um, the movie. Yeah, 
I'm, with, I'm, with I'm, James Franco and Gucci Mane, like oh yeah, I, I just pictured James Franco. Who's basically James Franco? I think is basically playing Riff Raff. I think Riff is that the good name? And when I think of Florida hip hop, that's the name I go to first. I'm like, God, I hope it's not all like that. I mean, you do have those now. Bro, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you do. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Florida. I've, I've I've witnessed a little bit of it. But there are some cats that I've actually been blown away by that are actually holding their own as far as like lyrical hip hop. You know, they got something to say. They actually got some lyrics and some bars and stuff. I will say there is that, too. It's just kind of like a diamond in the rough that you got to find. So I think the soliloquist of sound might be from there, which is a group I used to play with sometimes years ago, Open Floor and Dumb. They were fucking amazing. But um. But yeah, you, you obviously get, Florida is a very diverse state as well. You know, it's it's a melting pot. There's so many people here from different regions and different areas. So it's never one sound type of city. It's yeah. always a multitude of different sounds and different, you know, artists and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. So what so Florida it takes a lot of shit these days. And we don't have to go into all the reasons why. But um what is it what's it like living in, is it is is there florida pride or or is it like um is there sort of some eye rolling towards um the way that your state is viewed in the country right now um i think there's a lot of both it's eye rolling but it's also at the same time there's some pride in it you know um there's some things that's being implemented in this state that i'm not too fond of due to the governor um <laughs> related to what they can what they're educating kids on in history perhaps like come on man like i didn't want to go there you know as far as like say it but yeah pretty yeah much. yeah um, we don't we have to go too deep in it but it's fucked up but yeah i'm just like come on man like you're literally trying to erase american history <laughs> yeah for no, some no, reason no. erasing american history is being put up to a vote and you're like <sighs> yeah it's like matter how you feel, it's still American history, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't just get rid of that because you don't like it. Like, you're, you're got to. But then again, these are some of the same people that are getting rid of a American present because they don't like it. It's like they're denying things that we all saw happen. And it's like, yeah. so history is like, that's old. They're getting rid of what happened like yesterday. <laughs> like, I even gone on to see an article floating around where they were saying, like, I guess, you know, African-Americans benefited from slavery in the sense of that's, we. Yes skills and stuff i'm like what you're welcome <laughs> it's like what the fuck like it's it's like it's like saying they got a nice boat ride it's like what the fuck is wrong with you you got to see you know yeah the yeah you never would have seen that if you were still on the ivory coast like with all of your fucking diamonds and all those jewels we also fucking stole or oh, whatever bro so it's like it's stuff like that that just kind of has me scratching my head like yeah. this can't be real but there is a lot of pride in the sense of um there's Space Mountain, on the other hand. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's that, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, granted, we're about to lose, we're possibly about to lose Disney. Don't know if you heard about that. Like, that's, I think that's wild. It's like there's part of, there's somebody at Disney right now figuring out how possible it would be to just like put like a giant spatula into the whole <laughs> thing and lift it up and move it a few states over. Because <laughs> that's literally what I envisioned when they say they're going to move. I'm like, how are you going to do that? Like, yeah. Cut it off from the coast and push it. Like, it's like. Do you understand how much uh, Disney makes up of Florida? Like, it's, <laughs> like, it's there is no Florida without Disney. Like, right. it's, it's yeah. Florida. Like, 
but they're talking about moving into Georgia. I think it's something like that. So I'm just like, Georgia's okay. nuts. I'm actually thinking about heading down to Georgia in a few weeks to visit a friend of mine who lives there and is moving out of the country soon. But like, um, Georgia is everything that Massachusetts was trying to be because there was a push when I was younger. I went to film school and they were saying that they're going to try to make Cape Cod down the mass like Hollywood East. And that was going to be, they're going to have all the film studios out in, out in Cape Cod and that's where they're going to shoot all the shit. But Massachusetts, aka Taxachusetts, has a way of fucking everything up and that never happened and because of just the way we do shit and it became georgia essentially and now that's where all the marvel movies are shot and all that all that stuff and it's like they have one of the biggest airports in the country and we're up here fucking dicking around i'm up here shooting a movie in my basement <laughs> Shit together. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm trying. It's it's like I, I, I joke with everybody at work with every year on New Year's. I'm like, my New Year's resolution is for everybody else to get their shit together. Hell, Florida is not too far from that, bro. Like we we down here doing some some stupid shit too. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general the problem is that we give the average person too much credit that like we it's like we look at i was talking about this the other day think about the fact that almost every species of animal that's ever existed is gone and like for some reason us humans just think because we figured out things like breakfast cereal and how to drive a manual transmission that we're somehow immune to that bullshit we're not we're gonna blow ourselves up yeah it's like we got we got some of these we use them to play fucking nintendo switch all day like you know if like a yes. fucking gorilla ever got his hands on a chainsaw, we'd all be fucked. <laughs> it is crazy when you think about stuff like that. You're like, yeah, that is reality. That is really reality, bro. Like, for me, honestly, man, like, I enjoy being down here, but I feel like I was in the wrong place. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, as far as, like, my hip-hop career and stuff like that, I feel like I was in the wrong place. I even kid around and joke and say, man, I was born in the wrong era. You know, like, yeah. I, I was doing this in the wrong era, should I say. Now I'm born in the wrong era because I'm an 80s baby, you know, so I love it. But um, just it's like Jay-Z be- claims to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy. Yeah. Bro, you were born in the 60s. He's Stop older lying. than me. <laughs> born in the 60s. Stop lying. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I just feel like I was doing it in the wrong era. Like, if I could go back to the golden era, the hip, you know, 90s hip-hop and stuff like that, like, I feel like I would have more, and it's not even necessarily more success, but I would have more of a backing and more of a support system because again like when it comes to artists like you and i like true artists in the traditional sense right. we don't have a strong backing say for example like a mainstream artist who is putting out you know usual regular degular you know right. so it's like if i had well, that then even indie labels. I mean, it's like that all is true unless you're like signed to Tommy Boy, who you'd probably still be cursed out of here doing. But like, it's like we, it's like in the early 2000s, we had stuff like Rockus, we had um, uh, LPs label, Death Jocks, um, uh, Stone's Throw, which is still around, sort of, I guess. And then Rhyme Sayers, which is really the one that stuck around. But it's like we had local labels here that disappeared. But like without the labels and without the radio stations, like, like that's why Boston hip hop never really popped off is because we never had a radio station to support it. Like it was, there was never anything to unify all of us and that's never going to happen again. You know? But like, I know you guys got spitters up there. I know for yeah. a fact that you guys got like, you know, some dudes that can get down, you know, yeah. like some out. So it's like, and now it's not- a little different, but it's like even Zarface is their biggest artist, but people don't think of him as a Boston artist. It's Wu-Tang, you know? Yeah, and they automatically pin him to New York, even though he's from, you know, from where you're from. So, like, if we were to have that, I feel like, you know, we would have, we'd be making more grounds, we'd be breaking more, you know. And it's just like, for me, 
at the end of the day, it, it just, it, it calls for possibly relocation. It calls for possibly like, you know what, let me, let me, let me go test my, my, my skills and, and, and put that to work in another region, another place. Cause maybe, maybe this isn't the place, you know what I mean? And it's like, my goal, just like yours, is not to be uber rich and to be famous. Definitely not famous. Don't want that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just to get, I guess, the notoriety and get the recognition for putting out, you know, amazing music. Like, everybody wants that. You know, I don't care how big of how small of an artist you are. You want that. You want that notoriety to, like, you made an amazing album, bro. That is super right. dope. Because if nothing else, you want it for the option for the opportunities that will bring. Because it's like when Gumbo someone goes, you made a dope album, that person may go, Now I want you on mine. And it's like that wouldn't happen. It's like it's like in order right. to keep challenging yourself, you have to make these doors open by your talent and your smarts. That's what I believe wholeheartedly in my heart. That's the reason why I accepted jumping on your record. And it wasn't even necessarily for the money, bro. It was just the fact that I feel like I could challenge myself yeah. because I've never like that in my entire 12. 13 years of rapping like i've never done anything like that that sounded nowhere nearly remote to that like you know what hey man challenge yourself do it there's Except so it. many records that i love there like there's i was a big daddy kane record called um off limits where he raps over a um drum and bass beat and it's like my and it's it, ridiculous he comes so fucking hard on it but it's just like he never would have done that in his own. He did it because some was like, hey, I got something you might be interested in. He was like, yeah. And it's like, there's so many of those records when someone steps outside their comfort zone that they produce something really special, you know? Something amazing that they never saw themselves doing. You know, that comes for those type of challenges and, and just working past that adversity, like get through it. You know what I mean? Like do what you got to do and make something amazing, man. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned you're a business owner as well. Um, is your record label Heartbreak Records? Is that what it is? Uh, Arts Music Group. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm sorry about that. I got that wrong. But um, say that again so everybody can hear it clearly. What's the name of it? Broken Hearts Music Group. But I also have another company by the name of Forever Eighty Six Inc. So. Excellent. Yeah. So what's the story behind those? Well, the record label came about, I would say, roughly 2016, 2017. Um, that was around a time where, of course, you know, I hadn't dropped my first first official uh, album. Um, and at that point in time, I was looking at expansion. I was kind of like, you know what? I want to grab the next set of artists coming up, indie artists, and kind of mold them and build them and help them get their careers going. Um, so that's how that came about. Uh as of right now, we're still operating. We're still going. I had a couple of artists that were affiliated with us, but they kind of, you know, decided to go and pursue their things separately from us. Um, but for the most part, though, it's still thriving, still going. I'm pretty much the main artist, <laughs> the main focal point. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still going strong. Um, pride ourselves on making amazing, dope uh, music, hip hop. You're as far that. Thank you. Thank you. As far as Forever 86 Inc., uh, that's more so kind of the brand that pushes uh, not necessarily, how do I put it? It, it pushes more so with spiritual side, you know, that, that spiritual connection to music. Like a lot of people don't, you know, they, they, they think of music just being just music, but there's a lot of spiritual ties to it. So I incorporate, you know, the spirituality that comes into making music. Um, also as well to underneath that, I do have forever on media, which is a media based company, um, that I founded probably a year or two ago. 
and pretty much just putting all the media aspects behind the music, which is, you know, Broken Hearts Music Group. What is it like? I mean, I you, you kind of referred to working with other artists and, and having them sort of, you know, do what, what happens. What is it like? I've worked with a bunch of younger artists. It can be a very rewarding experience, or even older artists, whatever. But it also can be that thing where you're just like, how come it's how come it feels like a square peg in a round hole sometimes or how come it feels like you know trying to push like a wet noodle against the wall and it's just like is there instances where you feel like this really is clicking and working in somewhere you're just like maybe we we relate but can't work together like what's it like trying to work with the young arts i i say this because i always find it frustrating as fuck <laughs> i would say because they gotta have a willingness to learn you know like right. it, it comes down to are you willing to be a student to this because it's more than just making music like <laughs> like you yeah. gotta study this. like it's, it's not like i'm just gonna wake up one day and i'm gonna be a rapper even though we see that a lot but the great ones the ones that really make an impact that make a real splash in this they have a willingness to learn every aspect of the game not just the creative side of it but the also business side of it as well if you're able to get an artist young or old whatever the case may be who's willing to learn then it can work out perfectly but if you got artists that's like i'm coming in i'm doing this my way you can tell me everything you can tell me but i'm still going to do it my way then of course it's going to be pushback absolutely because they're not willing to learn they're not willing to take these little nuggets that you're willing to give out to them to actually be able to apply it to their career they just yeah. want to let me do this my way, but your way wasn't working because if it was, you wouldn't have come to me. <laughs> right. For, especially if, if you reached out to me. Now, if it was vice versa, I reached out to you, then that's different. But if you came to me, then there's clearly some value in what I have to give you. So why wouldn't you take it? But yeah, it's, it's really just a willingness to learn, bro. Yeah. And for the thing I run into sometimes is that, is that you, I find out that some people want to do this for different reasons, where it's like once that they have the first the first time they come off stage and an attractive woman is into them for them, then the mic is down and then that's they've already achieved. Their, they've gotten their Grammy and now they're done with music. And I've seen that happen with a few different people. Where you're just like, well, we're supposed to go and keep working some more stuff. Like we're not like, you know, it's <laughs> that's it. He made <laughs> yeah i know it's like and i guess we all have our own you know goalposts, and we all want to make it in our own way but you run into that sometimes when we're like you know when you don't want the same things out of it that that to me has often led to clashes you know but it's fun but it's, it's actually important that you bring that up because again like we all have different goals like different mindsets when it comes to success and, and achieving those goals so it's like what are you in it for like i think that's always a preliminary thing that needs to be brought up before you continuously do you know business with this person like what are you in it for are you in it for the fame are you in it for you know the quick satisfaction and thrill of say a female you know or just some quick money like what is it that you're trying to do you know yeah. so for me it's never been about the money that's why i said like i would have jumped on the record just to jump on it you know because at the end of the day it's a challenge for me it's like yo how do i sharpen my sword real quick you know so but on the flip side, though, I also think that, like, if you're good at something, you deserve to be paid. And it's like, because it's like you, you sound like a professional, so it should be treated like a professional. 
I think that's, especially at this point where it's not like, you know, you and I are like hanging out at the same high school and just like, you know, smoking weed behind the back and, and like fucking to this music. It's like, I tracked you down on the internet, found you, decided you'd sound good, tried to think of a professional way to reach you out. It's like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, by the way, um, I'm not gonna have any money. <laughs> like, and act, acting like, oh, but like, you know, whatever. That's what I appreciate about you because at the end of the day, I've had so many interactions with other artists to where it's like the moment I mention any kind of compensation or the moment I mention anything on the back end, I'm talking about the BMI registration or ASCAP or royalties. Anytime I speak of anything like that, they're out. Yeah. (laughs) They're They're either unwilling or too confused. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, for you to come at me the way you did, I was like, okay, this is a professional right here. This is someone who knows their stuff. This is someone who's passionate about what he's doing. I so make I was, sure that in the first message, any moment time, I'm like, and I'm at, I, I acknowledge the fact that let me know what you, whatever, what you, how much you want. Cause I'm just like, we might as well get that out of the way. Cause I'm like, I just want people to know that I'm not looking for a handout, you know? Yeah. That's what I respect about you, bro, is the fact that you don't come into it with a handout mentality. Like, well, we're doing the same thing, so hey, I shouldn't have to pay. Yeah. There's a do it for the love, ink like bro. You be amazed. I'm pretty sure you come across some that have like that. You're just like, and it's nothing wrong with having that, but just understand you're only gonna get but so far with that mentality. Because at the end of the day, everyone's doing this from a different level. There's people who are just doing it as a hobby, like they just like they picked up the pen and the pad, and this is what they like doing. Yeah. And there's people taking this serious enough to be like, this is my livelihood. I want this to fund my livelihood. Then there's people in between side of it, where it's like, I can make money, but if I don't, I'm still cool. Like, that's where I can make money, but if not, I'm still cool because I'm hip hop. I still rap. I'm I'm like happy to break even because it's like a lot of people's like, because I'm somewhere between the hobby and the professionalist, depending on like what year we're talking, but it's like, you know, it's like a lot of my friends are into stuff that their hobbies just cost them money. So the fact that there's even the possibility to see a return is pretty nice. Bro, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't be so Hollywood minded because it goes both ways. You can't be so, well, I'm not going to pay anything because we're doing the same thing. So I shouldn't owe you anything. But you also, other spectrum, which is Hollywood minded, like, well, you got to pay me a thousand dollars for a verse. And all, it's like, bro, really? <laughs> right. Like, you're not at that level to be requesting that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which is something you run into. It's like, I've been shocked at some established artists. I'm not going to name names in favor of them, but how little they have charged me. And I've been equally shocked that people have never heard of how much they yep. thought they were worth. <laughs> and I wish I could introduce them to each other and watch the explosion, <laughs> but it's just not the right thing to do. Watch the conversation unfold and be like, yeah, this yeah. is good, right? but yeah bro it's like humble yourself man like don't don't like find that happy medium and live within that you know what i mean like that's my mind yeah yeah exactly what it is man so what are you what are you working on now what do you got coming up in the future you know you mentioned on on the song that we just did that that it was just a warm-up for your album so i appreciate being part of your (laughs) warm-up but um what so what is is there an album coming next or what uh what do you got coming there's for sure an album coming. Um, I would say, I tell everybody this who asks about it, it's about, I want to say, 85 to 90% written. 
Um, I've already got the beats locked in. Um, do you work with like one particular producer or do you work with a lot of different people? I try to. I think ever since I came across this one uh, producer who managed to produce probably majority of this album, uh, God Intentions, um, I'd work with him. Like that's the that's the guy that I go for uh, go to for my beats. Um, What's his name? Uh, L. David. L. David. Check yeah, it out. L. Yeah, like he has that nostalgic boom bap um, feel and vibe to his music, um, and you'll hear it immediately. Like as soon as you hear it, I mean. Makes you know the more modern stuff, the more commercial friendly stuff, do you know? But for the most part, I think his strong point is in that '90s hip hop boom bap style of rap, uh, style of beats. But um, well, if he wants I... to send me ten free beats, just no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he's a great dude, though, man. Like honestly, man, like once you get plugged into him and build up that kind of that chemistry and that rapport with him, that's a, that's a huge thing because I have that with one of my with my producer where it's like. Finding a producer that you actually can gel with, once you have that, you don't want to rock that fucking boat because it's so hard to find it. Yeah. Well, like, he's worked withable, like, to a point where, like I said, if you build that rapport with him, he's going to work with you. It's not going to be like, I'm just doing this as a cash grab and bumped all that. Like, he literally is like, yo, like, he, he just checked in. I think maybe, like, after um I posted one of my stories or whatever, he was like, yo, where's the album? I was like, still kind of sitting on it right now, bro. <laughs> I haven't recorded anything for it. He was like, oh, for real? I thought it was on Spotify. I was like, nah, bro, I haven't put it out yet. But um, he's that type of producer where it's like he builds up that that connection with you, that relationship with you. But um, ever since I locked in with him, bro, it's like I haven't gone anywhere else, bro. He has the sound that I need. You know, there's plenty of other people that's probably like willing to produce for me, yeah. but has that sound <laughs> that fits what I'm doing. So it's like, that's what we're doing. But um, it, I, it, once you find your lane, it's 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 like... It's it's I definitely hit that point where I'm like, oh, it's, it's I finally found that merge between the instrumentation and the vocals. And I go back and listen to my other stuff. And you really you didn't hear it not being there when you recorded the old stuff, but you hear it not being there now where yeah, you're just yeah. like, oh, OK, that was the missing piece. And I can only hear it now that it, it exists to some degree. You know? That light bulb moment is like yeah. it's like, oh, like that's what it literally is. And that's what it was. And I was like, OK, this is what I need to do. This is the formula right here. You know, like the reception that I got for the album that he produced versus anything else, it was miles apart. It was like up here, what he produced, middle ground as far as like what everything else came yeah. out before. I'm gonna stick with that formula, bro. But yeah, it's definitely fine. It's it's in the works. Um, after that, there's a couple people that actually want to do like some collaborative efforts, um, uh, some collaborative projects. I'm still kind of weighing out my options with that. But mostly, man, just putting out more music, new content, stuff like that, man. You know. So one thing I found in my life is there have been times that when I put things into the universe that I wanted, they actually sort of came true. And um, and I've now got to work with some of my artists I've always wanted to work with. So just for the sake of that, who are your dream collaborations that you would, that you would want to work with? Um, I would say... I've actually been asked this a couple of times. I think it changes every single time. Um, I'm a huge Lupe Fiasco fan. Oh, me um, too. I tried I tried to get him, and I'm sure I couldn't have afforded him, but I was, yeah, amazing. Like Mural? Oh, my God. I would say keep going at it with him because he's right. that, just do it out of love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course, he stands to get paid, but I think he's more so inclined to do it versus a lot of these other artists because, he seems to be like, yo, I'm doing this for the culture. 
Like, I remember Lupe just just took he took a, one of his songs. He just took a beat from some dude off Twitter. Like you know, and even Tyler mentioned that he discovered an artist that had like six views on YouTube or something. Yeah. So these dudes are out there looking. You know, yeah, they're, they're paying attention, and that's what's crazy about it. Is like they're they're listening just like everybody else. Like they're they're scouting just like everybody. You else. You know how delusional I am. Uh, this is I love. I have no problem admitting this, but so the cover of my album, I'll just send it to you. It's almost done, but it's it has a lot of like old photos of me that I've sort of worked in a collage, and it's like it's kind of funny looking. But there's one of them with me wearing a D12 shirt, going like this with like long <laughs> hair. And I had heard that Eminem listens to like every new album like every Saturday, and I'm like, oh, if he ever sees that, he's gonna check it out. I have a D12 shirt, and it was like that thought lasted about a half a second in my head, but I once it ended, I laughed at myself so fucking hard. But I was like, that's not gonna fucking happen. <laughs> that grabs his attention and makes him find to check out your music because it's like people. There's a lot of there's a lot of artists, bro. No matter what we may think of them, like as far as like being Hollywood, like there's a lot of artists that just do this off the love, bro. Right. Like literally, just like yo, I just love this so much to where it's like, here, throw me three thousand dollars and I got you. Yeah. I mean, just think of it too. Like, so if 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 tomorrow this album I put out was like made me made enough so that I never had to work a day job or whatever, I wouldn't be outside like sitting by a pool floating around. I'd be in a room that looks like this with some newer equipment, just listening to hip hop and making more hip hop. And it's like, if the it's like that's the thing too, where it's like you know Jay Z hasn't given up because he's rich. He just does whatever the fuck he wants every day, and what he wants isn't just sitting around looking at Beyonce in a bikini as he sips a mai tai. You know he wants to fucking do shit. If he wants to drop some music, he'll drop some music because he's yeah. literally said record. He said on interview like, "Yo, I don't even charge people. I yeah. don't charge. I just do this out of love. Like I do this because I love hip hop. Yeah, there's like that, man. So." But for me, it would definitely be Lupe as far as like a dream collab. Um, of course, you know, I mean, it's obvious. The Coles, the Kendricks and stuff like that. Um, I would say if I had one more pick, probably Andre 3000, man. That's a yeah. good one to pick, man. Yeah, Andre 3000, bro. Like, he, to me, he's such a unicorn in this shit, bro. <laughs> you know who one... else is? Oh, keep going. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're good. I just say he's like, he's fine, bro. You know who else is isn't mentioned enough in the in that same caliber but belongs there is Jay Electronica. Oh yeah, yeah. Jay is is a different mode of beast. Yeah, like, he's just like that album he put out with 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 Jay Z's all over it, which kind of feels a little like Watch the Throne too. That I remember that joke beat coming out. Been more Jay Electronica and not Jay Z because I felt like it was a Jay Z right. with Jay Electronica. Yeah. He didn't give show what he could do. I mean, I was but happy just, it existed at all after all that weight, but I, I agree, yeah. Bro, but just that little bit, you you were left with like, yo, this this dude can yeah. go. I go. mean, at least it wasn't a walk up fuck of flame. At least it was Jay Z, like you know. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's it's um, it's Jay Electronica, but it's you know the basis from Mud Honey is is on like nine of the songs. You're like, oh, okay, I guess that happened for a reason. And Jay Z didn't do him like Kendrick. He didn't control Versum. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, you know, it wasn't like I'm just gonna straight annihilate you on yeah. all these that were on. Like he didn't do it like that. So it was it was even. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what, are there any music you're particularly excited about that's on the horizon? I mean, we mentioned that Nas album. That I think we're both excited. I'm excited to know that I can listen to it literally after we hang up this phone call, <laughs> which I'll be doing as I make dinner. So I'm, I'm happy it's out. But what else are you excited about that's coming out? Anything in particular? I would say I'm definitely checking for yours, bro. So I appreciate never- it. I'm, I'll send you once it's done. I'll send it to you in advance because there's going to be a little time. It's not out because I'm working on um production motion. Looking forward to that. Send that to me. Um, outside of that, I would say probably, of course, you know, Cole fall off because this is slated to be his last album, quote unquote. <laughs> what, what, what is your right, so J. Cole is somebody who was a little of the generation before me. And every time I've heard him, I think he's amazing. But I don't know a lot of Cole. I don't know. like an, I don't know a lot of like these main the mainstream dudes from that era. What is the best J. Cole album to really dive into first? Well, you got a toss up now. Uh, there's a few people that are gonna say different things. All right, listen to them both. I personally will recommend you, since I feel like we're on on the level of we're we're friends. Yes, <laughs> I agree. So, I would say check out 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Okay, check, that is the album that has been critically acclaimed and praised as his. Possibly his is for sure classic. I can picture what, cover. Is he like sitting on something at like an angle? Like I, I know the album you're talking about. So a lot of people say that's his his absolute classic masterpiece of an album due to the fact that there's no features. Absolutely a zero feature album. All production handled by him. In addition to that as well, too, um, it went on to be, of course, you know, award nominated, all the good stuff like that. But just the fact that this man was able to produce something like that with zero features and all production by him, that right there was just like, okay. Was so that was... the album that lost to Macklemore? I wonder if that, because I, I remember I was just listening to something about him. I, I, I had missed that whole thing about the Macklemore text message to Kendrick Lamar. Oh. And like, I had just heard that story because I, I, that guy's not really on my radar, but I heard that story for the first time recently. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. No, nah, that was Kendrick's album. That was on um, to Pimp a Butterfly. That but was I Kendrick. think there was like that year. It was there was all the other albums besides that Macklemore album were all fucking fire. Because I think it was like there were it was I think it might have been the same year as Yeezus. Um, I don't know. I was just was hearing it. And that story it was might- just like this is everything wrong with fucking the music industry. <laughs> no, you might have been right because I think the the album that you're talking about that Macklemore had was the Heist. It was that one. Yeah, yeah. I it think- was the one with the thrift store song or whatever. Heist. Yeah, and that one beat out. I know for sure beat out Kendrick. Uh, I'm not sure who else was nominated in that category. I think it was like best rap, but I think 2014 might've been in that category, maybe. But um, yeah, man, amazing album, bro. Check that out. What's what's the one, the album you think other people would say if it wasn't that one? If it wasn't that one? I got time. I I can listen to all this shit. Um, I I would say if it was probably be KOD, Kids on Drugs. Uh, King overdose, whatever you want to your take of it is, because I think he says like double meanings to it. But I would say KOD is probably KOD, and then maybe right behind that, uh, the off season. Those, okay. those are that probably people rec- uh, recommend you to. Yeah, I got an album to recommend for you if you haven't heard it. Um, you ever heard Elmatic by Elza? I've heard of Elza and I've heard his music, but I have not heard that. So Elmatic is he has his band called Will Sessions and they they basically they recreated Illmatic but as a band and he wrote new songs over it, which sounds like an absolutely horrible fucking idea that everybody should have told him no about but it turned out amazing 
and it's so fucking good. And like, I, I have a couple songs with him that haven't come out. He, to me, is the pinnacle level MC of everything that I would want to be. But like that album, Elmatic, is just fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm very, very familiar with Elsa, like for 1000%. I've never heard of that, though. That is new news to me. And I'm going to check that out right now as we speak. I'm actually typing it in. <laughs> it's really, it's really dope. And some of his lines on that are just, there's only one feature because it's like Illmatic, but for this one, it's Royce the 5'9 instead of AZ. So it's perfect person to pick, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. Because again, I've heard of his music. I've actually heard some of his music, but I've never heard that. And the fact that he, did a rendition because it's not necessarily yeah. him yet, but he did his own version of Illmatic, which Ballsy is ballsy move. Ballsy I, move. Bro, still to this day, bro, Nas he has almost like the prototype yeah. for album. Yeah. Illmatic. Now mind you, he's gonna drop a gang of other albums. Uchi Wally Wally, Uchi Wally Wally. <laughs> he's going on to drop a gang. <laughs> Albums, yep. but Illmatic, that is hands down New York hip hop and what it should have been, yep. and what it's at that time frame. I remember buying Godson in Queens the day it came out because I happened to have been there that day, and I remember mm-hmm. how like it, it was such a small gesture, but how important it felt to me to be able to buy that album in Queens and like, and just how much it 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 like just like the elevated trains and just like everything that is so queens you're just like to be able to breathe that air for me it was it was a novelty you know obviously so many other people that get to live it every day but i was just like man this felt you know that that record kicks ass of course you two queens like when you listen to that from top to bottom it's like yeah you feel like you you know what i mean you're on the stoop or you feel like you're over there at the corner store the bodega just you know, chilling with your partners and stuff like that. So yeah, man, yeah. that that does he move? <laughs> that yeah. that could have not ended well. <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that could have very not ended well, and that could have been the career suicide, if you ask me, bro. Yeah. So yo, God, yeah, yeah. That's what? one out. That's with. <laughs> so what are the people who? You know, obviously, I'm not gonna shit on it was written, but the people who try to say it was written is better. I'm just like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a song about the gun, which I like, and like um tons of great shit on it, but it's just not illmatic. Like it it doesn't it's you know even with his new stuff right now, like what he's doing with Hit Boy, like King's Disease, yeah. Magic and all that stuff, it's great, but it's it's not illmatic. And I get it, you know, it's different time frames, different style production, you know, um course different artists that he's featuring and working with but it's like it's still not Illmatic bro Illmatic was like a movie it was like you clearly see and visualize what this man is saying to you and you feel like you're right there first person experiencing all this stuff that's how I think his new stuff is um is sort of the 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 career peak he's always been working towards. I think he was someone too. I think a lot of people he suffered from inconsistent production of beats, and now that he's linked up with Hit Boy, I think he's finally feels like he's in a groove, and I think he's finally producing these end end great albums that like are for of someone of his magnitude should be putting out. But it's still not. He's still not that same nineteen year old chip tooth kid that was like you know. But like you said, he found his groove with the production because that's always been something that's been plaguing him. It's like his lack of picking good beats. Like everybody says, yeah. like he's an a rapper. It's just his beat selection is terrible. 
But yeah. now that that we hit boy, he's he's in that pocket now. He's in his pocket where it's just like, yeah, I can do this. Hey, yeah. I was so you know, like you so you clown me about the beats, but now I'm gonna show y'all. So yeah. I think Nas is like um the the premiere, the song with him and Primo. That to me is about as perfect as a hip hop song. And like the video with him recording it in the bathtub or the bathroom or whatever. Like it's just that to me is when I close my eyes and just think of like the hip hop hip hop, that's what comes in my head. It's just like Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. You, your head's just bobbing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's what hip hop is, bro. And it's not the clown or, you know, downgrade any other artist that's coming up behind that. Cause again, we'll never get another Nas. We never will, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like if you look for longevity in this game, if you look to be a staple in this game, like Nas, take the little subtle cues and and and, and study this man's moves, study how he does stuff. Yeah. And that to that level. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a man who has rel- has stayed out of trouble a lot in his life. I mean, it's in the not the trouble has not been around him, but he's made a lot of smart moves. He's um he's also someone who has he never really had that ambition to get into acting. He always knew who he was and just was the best version of him that he could be. Like and I think it's he's he's somebody who is just he's a fucking man. Like he's just he's a all he's a all encompassing human being that anybody should be able to really look up to and respect. Him. Doesn't try and go out of his way to be someone that he's not. Like he's just like unapologetic, unapologetically. Like if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It is what it is to him. Right. Like him, he doesn't try to be else. So you know, you got to respect that. You know? It's funny. Like I used to drop um Nas lines at work sometimes. Nobody knew who the fuck a rapper was, and I'd be like, "Sleep is the cousin of death," and everybody thought that thought that was the most genius thing. And I, I don't explain to them. It was like a Nas statement, but it's just like it's funny that even like all the random shit that falls out of my mouth, the one that people hang on was the one that Nas said because it's just that like you know, the sleep, the sleep is the cousin of death. It's just yeah, bro. It's like the man was dropping gems, bro. He was really dropping gems, man. He still yeah. listening. But it's like the gems that he was dropping back then were like profound. It was like, oh, okay. He must have just felt like a vessel. Because I was thinking about this, that, you know, there's that video of Biggie. The first video you really see him of rapping on the street corner where he looks really young. He's probably 16 or something years old. And I think he passed away at like 23. So that video was only six or seven years before he passed. And like when you're that young and that talented, I feel like you're almost just a vessel because we i remember when i was like at that age there's no way that my body could have handled all of that talent in it and it's just like and i think Nas at that age luckily he didn't have suffered the same fate as biggie and tupac and big l and zillion others but like he he must have just been channeling the universe you know absolutely and you could tell like you say he stays out of trouble for the most for the most part he stays out of trouble you know he's not bringing drama to his life you know he tries to stay pretty much off the radar low-key you know, but you can definitely tell he's a vessel, bro, because he says it all the time, you know, with God's son, you know, like he gave himself that moniker for a reason because he's literally channeling <laughs> the yeah. universe, channeling the scripture, the word, so to speak, you know, and that that's just who he is, bro. And it's like, if anybody really wants to examine someone who can really basically make their way through this game and be unscathed, he's the one. Even yeah. to some, you know, he he's another one to look at. Like, oh, he he went through it. Who was that? He cut out a second. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So who who, in your opinion, who won that battle? Nas. Yep, definitely. 
<laughs> nah, hands down, bro. Yeah, it was like he he clearly won, though it wasn't a blowout. Because not like Jay Z got embarrassed, but like yeah. you know. He said- he, disrespectful stuff he did he did though it's like what we remember is shit like eminem killed you on your own shit like i remember that more than what like um jay-z said about like Nas's girl like it's like you're just like oof oof man like Uh, man talking about foxy uh had 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 your face in a pussy yeah or you think right. you're getting girls now because of your looks? Negro, please. You know mustache happened um, compared to uh, whiskers like a rat compared to being you whack. <laughs> your man stabbed um and made you take the blame. Like, Which un just came out and admitted that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bro, he was literally, it, it just kind of brings me back. I don't know if he was tuned in or dialed in, but it really takes me back to just like freaking um another classic i guess you could say tit for tat was uh drake and Pusha with freaking yeah. story Adidon. that literally took style of class class style but yeah yeah it was the equivalent of ether it was like i'm going to expose things about you that nobody yeah. else knows have yeah, no this blackface photo that like yo, fucking, where the <laughs> fuck did that come from <laughs> i'm going to obliterate Every chance you possibly have to return fire, there's no to shoot back. It's it's done. That's literally what that was, bro. To me, that's yeah. what Ethan. There was no clap back. It was like this is the one headshot and we done. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, but hey, you know, it, <laughs> it all it all, all is well that <laughs> ends well. But it's like uh, you know, that's why when I saw people like Fifty Cent like like throwing shots at like Nas and in like Jadakiss, I'm like. Now what is this about? <laughs> what, Real, well, how do you think this is gonna end? <laughs> we know it's not going anywhere. We don't no. get it wrong. Fifty is the king of petty. He's yeah. a king. oh yeah, and it's fifty somebody who I remember when he first came out. I was like, yeah, this guy's mostly fluff. But as time has gone on, I'm like, nah, he's got some real fucking like heat. That song off of the first album, or just yeah. Yeah, and he stayed taking shots at Ja Rule. He's like every chance is man. It was never like, you know, I'm just chill on Ja Rule, man. F him. This yeah. dude, every single shot, every chance he got, I was like, damn, 50? Like, this is the epitome of kicking a man while he's dead. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's like, in Ja Rule, I was watching um the Matt Hoffa hot podcast the other day and the jaw rule was there and there he is answering questions about 50 cent like it's like because when, when there's a camera in front of 50 cent not every question is about jaw rule but when there's a camera in front of jaw rule at least half the questions about 50 cent well now it's the fire the fire festival and 50 cent yeah it's not so. fire if it's not 50 cent it's fire festival it's probably yeah. both and then it's somebody asking if he still has ashanti's phone number or something you know it's nothing about his music no yeah one's- it's like it's like, did, did, like, there's no one being like, yo, put it on me. Uh, it's walk me through that, you know? And I, I don't even, like, I love Ja Rule when that shit came out. I mean, it's like, and I'm sure he put it on now. I probably still enjoy some of it. But, like, um, he got clowned in a way that he didn't really come back from that, you know? Coming back from that, bro. 50 was literally, like, kicking him while he was down, bro. I was like, damn, fifth? Like, you, you're not going to let up at all, huh? You just going to keep. And that's the thing, too, for everybody who wants to do this for the fame, you got to be ready for the embarrassment, too, because it's like 
who was it? Was it genuine that recently fell on stage? It's like this you're gonna do something fucked up in front of a lot of people, and you better be able to handle that and laugh it off. And that's one thing about 50 that I think one reason I didn't like him at the beginning is he seemed to have no humility. But as he got older and have a sense of humor about himself, then he really pulled me in. I was reading an interview with him talking about juvenile, and he's like, We were all clowning juvenile with all like the friggin', you know, the uh the baby oil and stuff. He's like, Then I saw those numbers and I'm like, give me the baby oil. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like like yo like we thought it was a game until he started doing them numbers he's like yeah hey i'm on that train too <laughs> yeah yep, okay. but yeah man 50 man he he he's built different he, he comes from a different you know what i mean class of individual or artist like you know he can throw the punches but he can also take them as well too you know because he'll literally a disc that you throw his way and he'll flip it in his favor like i see him multiple times so it's That's like bruce lee shit it's like you yeah. use what's coming at you against the person and i mind trick yeah. <laughs> so it's, okay but it's yeah. like it's imagine it's crazy like losing a battle to somebody who's a worse mc than you because they're like still kind of smarter than you which is the weird thing that's like 50 is a very smart guy he's not the, the he's not the pinnacle mc but he's a very smart guy and he can win battles it's like when i'm watching jeopardy and i get a question right even though i don't know the answer which happens all the time and he sort of is like despite not always being the best mc in the fight he's still coming out on top and he's just like you donald trump motherfucker <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> He's like that dude that you would hate to play the dozens. Are you familiar with the dozens, right? Uh, maybe what? Is, yeah, I think so. What do you? Is it just like, like, it's um, like this is like you just yeah, this. Yeah. He would be the guy that you would hate to play the dozens with because he like literally he's not the most skilled, but he has enough ammo to get you up out of there. Like he's yeah. like yeah, and charm. Charm is huge. Yeah. So it's like, and he's confident. That's one thing that's unwavering is his confidence. Like his confidence level is through the roof. It's like, yeah, how do you face somebody like that? It's funny like, too. It's like when you're looking at like all the people that are really big and famous, people like him, the difference between him and maybe some other rappers is look at the way women react to him. And I think yep. like is a weird example, but Pete Davidson's like that too. All these dudes are just like, who the fuck would be into him i don't hear any woman saying that every woman i know is like no nah, i know why pete davidson's got it and it's like 50 cents got that same energy too where it's like dudes be like oh fuck 50 but like the women even though i mean like like little kim would probably call him back you know and like and sure. for sure like the plain people that have been dissed by him would probably be like no i mean 50 cool man you yeah. know even john rule said that john rule was like he said in one of his interviews like what do you think would happen if 50 cent walked in here right now and the guy was like, I don't know. He's like, we would shake hands and we'd be polite and that would be it. And yeah. he's just like, that's probably true because what would the point of having anything else happen be? It's just like. Yeah, it's too old for that, first and foremost. Yeah. Secondly, it's like, bro, like at the end of the day, all's fair in love and war, man. Like, take yeah. L's. We, we win some, we lose some. But we still live, right? You know 50, I feel like 50 and Jaw have almost a Bugs Bunny and, and, and Elmer Fudd relationship where it's like it's a constant thing where it's like one is like Bugs is always a step in front yep. of him and then at the end pulls the rock remote from under him and everybody laughs and goes home we do it again in six months. Yep, like it's it's literally that and I'm just like Low Trotters versus the generals. <laughs> that's, that's 50 bro like 50 is gonna do him all day every day and truth be told man at the end of the day it's like you gotta have tough skin to operate yeah. in this. Like you, there, there's no, there's no sign of weakness that you can show anybody. And I feel like 
once they pick up on that, then this it's a it's a wrap for you, bro. Especially in this, bro. You know how overly competitive hip hop is. So right. and that's yeah. the thing too. I was talking this with XL the Beast. It's like if you're getting into hip hop, like obviously me, I'm not some dude looking for a fight or anything, but if I say the wrong thing, I might be getting a fight. And it doesn't take like only one misunderstood bar could lead to six months of a whole posse of idiots like harassing you online and making you scared to leave the house and it's like you have to be ready to at least understand something like that could happen and know that you're gonna have to find a way to deal with it and not yeah. just kick you know absolutely That'll, you gotta learn how to traverse the you'll terrain. be you will be tried in some way shape or form if you're gonna be a oh. rapper someone will step to you at some point so be careful what you put out on these mics kids you know what i mean yes. I know. <laughs> be like so, we had that happen you here. know There's your words yeah, there's a dude named Sam Adams, who I think goes by Sammy Adams, who is from Whalen, Mass, which I grew up in a small town, but this was a, a more affluent small town around me. And he put out this album that did, did numbers overnight, and Jimmy Iovine loved him, and it was called Boston's Boy, which Slane, who if you're familiar with him, he's the big rapper from Boston. He was an actor in some Ben Affleck movies, and he was part of La Coca Nostra. He took exception to this dude being called Boston's Boy. <laughs> And his, the reality of having Slane, who I believe might have been in his cocaine years, so don't quote me on that, breathing down the neck of this dude must have really changed his reality overnight. And it's just that easy. It's like, you know, I'd never call myself Boston's boy. I'd expect numerous people in Boston hip hop to be fucking pissed about that. But you just kind of like you learn what to say and what not to say, you know, and, and in that and I, I think in that instance, he wasn't looking to ruffle feathers. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm from Boston. You know, what I mean, this. I am, you know, so, but you just, you got to really be mindful, be mindful. It, it's it's like, if you're going from T-ball to like the next league, you have to expect it's, it's different. It's like hockey. You can play hockey all the way through college and never get checked. But if you're good in the NFL, I mean, the NHL, now you can get checked and you better and, be fucking ready for that. You know? For sure. For sure. So, but yeah, man, like I said, man, um, damn, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. We've been going for a while. <laughs> Which, but I love it though, bro. I love it, you know, because these are genuine conversations, you know, and and I love stuff like this because it gives you a chance to really just kind of, you know, have a casual conversation, man. You know, everything doesn't have to be so uptight and so structured, yeah. you know. It's funny. One thing I was telling the other day, one thing I realized about the podcast, doing the podcast, is people have conversations with you in public that they wouldn't really have in private. Like if I just like called, found these people on Instagram, they found, inter found in interesting, hit them up and be like, hey, you want to just talk on the phone for an hour about whatever? And they'll be like, who the fuck are you? But I'm like, oh, we're going to record it and share it with the world. They're like, awesome. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it's, it's true, but it's been awesome. It's been great. And then it's like, it takes a long time to meet somebody in the real world. But now it's like, you talk to me for an hour and a half and you skip all of that. Now you actually like know the person and you know. Yeah. Bro, literally, it took what? Like, all of maybe 10 minutes for us to solidify this, yeah. like, before it happened. He was like, yo, I want to put you on the podcast. I was like, all right, cool. Right. But there is a part of that for me that's already done my homework because I, I weeded out nine other Sy MCs that were tied to Syracuse because I'm like, I see something about them and I'm just like, that might be a problem. I and mean, it's like, I've gotten very lucky with so every step of the way when I try to find just when I'm like an idea of somebody, I try to find that person online. I've gotten lucky that I haven't yet stumbled on an absolute psychopath yet. <laughs> They're out there though. I assure you, bro. I assure you. I, I represent Syracuse in the most positive way possible. <laughs> so. Do you? So um, we'll get to wrap this up pretty soon because I got to feed my cats and everybody. But like one Syracuse question. 
I know I'm I'm going to be a lapsed fan because I only found out recently they dropped the orange man and now they're just the orange. And yep. my my goal in high school, this is this is shows you where, where I was at in high school is I wanted to be the Syracuse orange man. I always had a thing about mascots and I always wanted to kind of like be one. And I was like, I want to be inside that big orange man. And um, and it's also like the least like like um like intimidating mascot. It's a fucking orange. <laughs> And like the great orange fields of Syracuse, you know, I mean, you're living in Florida. You should be the fucking orange man down there. Hey, we're, we're known for oranges down right. here. So. <laughs> yeah. so was that a thing that people, it's like, I know we grew up in a place in a town where like they were always changing, they were always changing names of teams because of all this shit, because of whatever. But did people give a fuck when that happened or was it just like, who cares? Um, I think it was a mix. It was a mixed crowd. Like some people didn't care. Some people did. Um, just like I think recently, um, not recently, but like a while ago, uh, kind of similar to it when uh, I'm not sure if you're a wrestling fan or not, huge wrestling fan. Enormous. Oh, how are we just getting into this now? I was literally watching <laughs> wrestling before we started. I was watching AW <laughs> Collision. Universe, man, the universe, bro. Yeah. So back in the day, WWF, that was a big thing. It was yeah. like. Why did we change? Why did they change it? Everybody was like, yo, what's going on? We you know why they changed it? Because of this fucking panda right here. The World that's Wildlife Fund. They that's lost probably. a lawsuit. This is like one of the few lawsuits Vince McMahon lost. The exactly. Panda people. I was going with it. It's like you had instances like How that. ready for that was I? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why do you have the panda? <laughs> I, I'm, I believe in animals, man. Hey, man, that's important. Yep. <laughs> Respect Mother Earth. But, yep. um, yeah, man, like when that happened, a lot of people was kind of up in arms about it. It was like, yo, we've known it to be WWF since like yeah. forever. Why did you change it? But there's some people that's just like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't care. I'm uh-huh. still going to watch. Not going to change the viewership. There's yeah. still going to be people supporting it and fans of it. So who cares? I think, honestly, bro, you just get a mix. You get a mix of people who care, the diehards. I think the people are like, leave it the same. Then you got the people that's just like, ah, who cares? You know, so speaking of wrestling, do you know the one wrestler that beat Jay Z in court? I don't. Simon Dallas Page. He oh, beat Jay Z in court over the right to do this, <laughs> or he at least got paid for it. <laughs> Fucking and the thing is, I love DDP has a yoga thing called DDP Yoga that I, I swear changed, it, like changed, like it, it it got me in such good shape, and he's done so Perfect. many good things for people. So it's like. That dude's fucking amazing in my book, but he beat Jay-Z in court over the right to do this. Yeah. Imagine being that judge. Yeah, and I didn't think about it until after you said, I was like, wait, what rapper and what rep Diamond Dallas Page, bro? He's always up to Diamond and with the bang and all that stuff. So yeah. wait, so the thing really works? Yeah, it's great. It's basically like I've been in the yoga for years. I don't do it as much anymore, but there was a period in my life where I was really feeling weak and, and like overweight, wasn't doing well. And I'd bought actually I bought off my dad who was going through, he just went through alcohol rehab and was really not doing well and needed and did some yoga and helped him. Like, we'll get this, get this going. He had some back issues from the military, or whatever. I'm way off the point now. Yeah. But I bought it for him, didn't really do it. So I took it back one day and just started doing it. And I started doing it every single fucking day. And I got so much stronger. It's like this great, it's really hard at first, but it's a great mix of just, it's like, it's like fast paced yoga. So you're moving fast, working out your whole body. It's, it's awesome. That's crazy. I've never spoke to anybody who actually used it. Like I've seen him promoting it and I've seen him, you know, pretty much putting on, you know, you know, on blast, but I've yeah. never seen talk to anybody who actually. A lot of wrestlers use it. Chris Jericho swears by it. And he's sort wow. of, he, I mean, for him to be going the way like he is at his age, something's gotta be, you know. Hey. 
seriously, bro. Like, it's crazy, bro. I never would have pegged you as a wrestling fan, man. So what? Uh, what are your? We'll, we'll go on for a few more minutes now to talk about some wrestling. Um, what? Um, what? What's? What are you more AEW or WWE? WWE. Okay. Uh, I I have had so many recommendations about AEW, and I like some of the stuff that they do as far as like I guess the extreme aspects of it, you know, with the death matches and all that yeah. stuff like. But as far as just storylines, uh, creative, uh, as far as like the characters and all that stuff, I'm team WWE all day. Well, like, let's say is I, if you the, the new show Collision, they've only had six episodes. It's on Saturday nights. That is closer to a WWE product for AEW than a okay. lot of like I'm not into like the AEW for me sometimes is too fast There's too much shit going on there's too many young bucks throwing super kicks and like I mean I'm I'm on the CM Punk side of that debate so it's like and the collisions the punk show so yeah John I'm what a John Moxley fan you know what I I was but I the, the blood and wrestling has come to really gross me out. If he stopped bleeding tomorrow, I'd be a big fan. But I just think of it, there's no other arena of life in life where two human beings are literally bleeding into each other. And it just turns my stomach now in a way that I, I just, I have to, you know. So, that, so would that be kind of like a push for you being more so on the WWE side? Because, you know, they've tamed that. Yeah. What I do most weeks is that I tape everything and I watch very little of it live because that's usually when I'm spending time with my girlfriend. And then I will hear what's good and I'll fast forward to the best stuff of everything. Gotcha. Yeah, me too. Like, honestly, bro, I maybe catch Raw um, mainly because, of course, they pretty much upload it um, Tuesdays because I don't catch it live. Everyone's three hours on a Monday night. Like, it's a big ask. Like, when we were kids? Absolutely, like right. during the war era. Yeah, the after- I'll, I'll take it. But I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching every single minute of this. But now, three hours of shush and like Otis and Clark Gable is a little or whatever. Clark Gable, what the fuck is it? That's not it. But like, yeah. But I'll catch it on Tuesdays, uh, Raw, and then I'll try and maybe catch NXT in the middle of the week. Yeah. It's completely ignored. Like, <laughs> I don't. Well, even people make- say is the SmackDown. People say is the best show. They do, they do, and it's probably mainly due to Roman Reigns. But I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't move to watch it. Like, I'll move to watch Raw just so I can kind of keep in the loop of what's going on, like, pay per views, and I'll watch like NXT because it's a completely different entity by itself. Yeah. But when it comes to SmackDown, I'm kind of like, if I catch it, cool. If I don't, nah, you know. And plus, you know, on the weekends we're constantly moving me and my wife, so we really have little time to sit down and watch anything so yeah, and if you miss something it's not like you really want to go back and catch it there's something new coming in two days anyway the thing about exactly. is ever, as much as everybody loves the bloodline stuff which i think is pretty great i'm enjoying the judgment day stuff even more like the stuff with yeah. with damian priest and then uh, D- dominic mysterio i am on board for dom for Exxon dom or whatever i see bro i did not expect him to win that i did not expect him to win the title yeah. i haven't watched that match because i didn't even i was like is it gonna be worth watching it but now i gotta go back and watch it Bro, I haven't watched it either. How I found out about it was, of course, I get the alerts, social media. Yeah. Um, I'm I think on PW Insider every day. <laughs> I got the uh, the WWE app, like yeah. the little app that they used to have, but they pretty much give you like all the other stuff. So I just go there sometime, you know, periodically and just check like the superstars, like the champions and stuff. And I saw him with the title. I was like, so they really gave him the title. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he's the honky tonk man. He's like, it's brilliant. Like he's gonna, he's the dude who gets titles he doesn't deserve and holds on to them. And it's like, yeah, it's a great, yeah. like, it's a great role to be in. You know, what? But what does that say for NXT though? Because it's like you've taken their second most prestigious title. Well, that's and- why I compare it to the honky tonk man because he took that belt off. Of, was it the Intercontinental belt off of what Savage or Steamboat or? someone really big and then it was like the the crowd was just so mad because he didn't deserve it so it was instant heat you know yeah and plus it's building up his character too because as you see although he's a heel and one of the most hated heels right now people are so behind that they're so behind to a point where it's rippling yeah it's like a frenzy of them not liking them so it's like you're, you're right it's genius to put it on him yeah. Rhea Ripley is a cross between China and Sherry Martel. I heard someone say the other day. And I'm like, she is, she's amazing. She's just, she yeah, is she, the, the prototype of a female wrestler. Yeah. Pound for pounds. I remember um, before she got called up to the main roster, I remember having her match with uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. Man, that match was crazy. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That match was crazy. I think it was like a last woman standing yeah. match or and I was like, dude, she's a superstar to making for sure, bro. Like who, one time. So who do you think should take this belt off Roman? Oh, that's a good debate. Um, and do you think it should have been now? I'm personal, I'll give you time to think about this while I, I get my commentary on this. I'm somebody the one of the reasons they haven't really got behind the storyline as much as others, I don't buy Sammy Zayn at all. Like he like A, I don't buy him the bloodline should have been stupid enough to let him in. B, his story doesn't make enough sense of being like, well, Clay, he was in on all their bad stuff. He was fine with them beating the shit out of Kevin Steen the first 10 times, but the ninth time, it's like uh, 10 time. He's I just I don't I just don't buy him as a top guy. I would say um, with the Sami Zayn situation, I kind of agree with you in the sense that they probably shouldn't have let him in. Um, because the truth be told, bro, like, I guess the kind of build around the Kevin Owens dynamic of his relationship and connection to Sami and then Sami being directly tied to the bloodline. Of course, Kevin Owens having his issues with Roman Reigns and Jay Uso around the pandemic era. Yeah. It kind of made sense in that yeah. sense. But as far as believability, I'm kind of with you with it's like there's no way that they would have let this dude into the bloodline, bro. Yeah. Of all people, they grabbed yeah. him. I know. Of all the other they could have grabbed. <laughs> I know. It's like that dude, to me, it's like he's in he's a tag team champion, really. That's all I and even like when I see him cut interviews now, I'm like. I just, I, he's one of those few guys that I'm glad the crowd does give him a genuine reaction, but I just, I don't feel it. Like I enjoy the matches when I see it, but I don't get as emotionally involved in his stuff for some reason. Like I could do a judgment day. You know? Him as a heel wasn't that dynamic. Right. Like before the he joined the theory stuff. I mean, I remember him as El Generico in, in Ring of Honor and I was loving that shit, but he was just a lucha. Really. It was like, he wasn't that dynamic when he was in that role as uh, the Intercontinental Champion. So it was like for him to go from that to Bloodlines is like, yeah. it's okay um yeah. truth be told, um as far as like who should take the belt off of roman i'm not trying to make it quick so i know you got to get but uh i would say shit, i would have even though i know it wouldn't happen i would have liked for it to be in um brock lesnar i would have liked yeah. lesnar to take um to me i feel like that would have made sense as far as like physicality goes because truth be told who else is dominating Roman Reigns besides Brock Lesnar? Right. 
and that's even funny. with like Cody Rhodes. I'm like, I love Cody Rhodes, but I look at those two guys next to each other, and I they don't seem like they're on the same. They're they not on the same. Like, right, one looks like an IC guy, and yeah. one looks like a, a real world champion. You know, this not the same level. Now popularity, maybe, yeah. but as far as like actual working in the ring, they're not on the same level because even his move set's not that great. Right, like Cody move set is not that great like when you look at all the moves that he does it's like eh, yeah the fall down slap thing i wish he'd stop doing that you know it's 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 like like but um i would say brock lesnar was my number one pick but then when they gave seth rollins a shot yeah i was like bro come on but i would say currently who i would like for it to dethrone him right now Damn, that's a good question. I would say probably. Ooh, maybe if they ever get his booking right, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, who knows? I don't know where the hell he is. But yeah, he's a good person to come out of nowhere and do it. If they ever get his booking right, I could see him being champion again for sure. I think it'll be Jey Uso. Jay Uso. I think the only the reason I think that either that or solo maybe, but the reason I think it'll be because it's believable. And the way that I said that I didn't really believe Cody Rhodes beating him, even though obviously it's all pre-scripted. It's Jay Uso is also not quite the same size as Roman because of their history. I be, it's a believe you believe that he would win. It's easy to get caught up in that moment. And then Jay Uso, I believe, could be beaten. It, it's he's more believable to lose to someone like Cody or something. I don't think Jay Uso would have a long title reign, but I think he's a good competitor to to to, to turn into a different type of champion. Because I don't think the next champion is going to be four years going like Roman. I think they're going to move into treating the belt in a different way, and that might be a good way to do it. It's gonna probably be more than likely a baby face who's gonna get the belt. Um, for, so, probably, for probably a short period of time before a heel probably takes it. Yeah. They had a heel hold it for so long, so they couldn't go from heel to heel. Like they would have to give it to a baby face. Um, but yeah, I, I could see that too, where maybe they are possibly setting it up for Solo to kind of step in. Like, hey, you thought I wasn't a threat, but here I am. So you know, that's a possibility as well too. So, but it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Who knows how much more Roman has in the tank, too? Obviously, he's had a lot of health problems with leukemia over the years, and he works a very short schedule. And he's someone else who could have a Hollywood career should he want one, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. And he was in Hobbs and Shaw briefly, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, he's such a you know good-looking oh, yeah. motherfucker and so good on the mic, you know. He's got the rock, you know. Uh, yeah, he's got that rock blood. Yeah, he, he's got the rock pathway. Like, I see him going into Hollywood. I see him being a huge megastar in that. So, um. But real quick, one more question. Yep. You favorite WWE superstar currently right now? Fuck. Oh, man, it, it's it's hard for me not to say Dominic Mysterio as much as I hate to say that, but he's the guy that when he's on the screen, I know I'm going to see something great. But I, I will also say, I mean, maybe Finn Balor. It's, it's got to be Judgment Day related. Okay. But how about you? Respect that. Um. Seth Rollins, man. Seth he's Rollins is great too. My guy. There he's just a well-rounded superstar, bro. Like to me personally, his in-ring presence is amazing. Um, his connection with the fans, as you can see, heel or uh, babyface. I don't even know which he a, is. <laughs> it's a, either way, um yeah. calls himself the drip guy, comes out with the most craziest freaking I love outfit. That shit, man. I love it. It's just, it's just 
I love when someone wears something that 98% of the world would make fun of them for, but for some reason on him, it's cool. It's it's all like David Bowie syndrome. It's like, like this motherfucker can get away with it. The few that can wear what he wears. And most importantly, bro, the icing on the cake, his theme music, bro. You can sing along with it. (laughs) What is the greatest wrestling theme music of all time, you think? And I think, for me, it's hard not to pick Shinsuke Nakamura, who Little Uzi Vert just sampled, and I was like, I like it. I heard about that. Any yeah. any name Nakamura uh, Nakamura yep. too. So he he he, named- he. I don't know a lot of his stuff, but he that just put, it put him on my radar for sure. Not that that's like the end all be all for him is to be on my fucking radar, but damn man, who has that the- one? I love. I also love. Um, I love Shawn Michaels how he sings his own music. That's pretty fucking yeah. wonderful. He was definitely must have been on pills at that point. That was amazing too. Um. I can't think of just one off the top of my head that I would give it like the crown. You know what I love so is somebody's gonna get their ass kicked. Somebody's gonna get the wig split. Mark Henry's music. I fucking love that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Mark I was Henry's saying- amazing because he's one of those guys who shows you you just gotta fucking stick with it. He was terrible for ten years and he ended his career as a fucking champ like when he came out and did the fake retirement on john cena where he looks like he's gonna retire then he slams and he's like i got tons left in the tank or something like that i was like yes <laughs> give me this came out as a wwe hall of famer and so that's a huge thing man huge accolade again um in terms of theme music bro i would say if i'm talking about current because i gotta break it up like this i'm talking about current either seth rollins Roman Reigns. If I'm talking about back in the days, just overall, because it's changed so many times, but it's always been amazing with the exception of this one era. Um, Undertaker. Like the the the, the, the kid, one era of the American badass is the one who was the, Kid Rock. <laughs> kid Rock one was cool. I, I like that. The kid rolling, rolling. I like yeah. that. Oh, that was Limp Biscuit. But oh, let, let, bro, let, my bad. I Kid Rock, but he came out. He came out to that too. He came out to that at WrestleMania because um Fred Durst played him to the ring. But then he did he did Kid Rock, American Badass as his as his oh, regular theme. That one I didn't like, but the Keep Rolling, uh, Limp Bizkit because I was yeah, a huge it's a great song. Yeah, and then the remix of that has like Method Man, Red Man, DMX, and I think maybe Exhibit and someone else like that. Like I love Limp Bizkit, bro. Huge Fred Durst fan. Love them guys. Um, that one was amazing, and then just pretty much like. That's you know, the Florida on you right there. Because <laughs> I, bro, back in my MTV TRL days, bro, I yeah. love biscuit, bro. Oh, when biscuit. I got when I got MTV for the first time at the age of twenty one, that was the summer of Limp Biscuit, Real Sim Shady, Bye Bye Bye, but in sync. Yeah, man, there was a lot of moments. It was just like pimping by Jay Z. I saw that video. The, he, <laughs> the song he's still apologizing for, but I still fucking love it. He thinks J Lo was on. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah man i would say probably undertaker because it's changed throughout the years but it's always stayed consistent it's always been great if you ask me so the guy who made most of wwe steam music's name is jim johnson and he has a podcast that i haven't heard yet but he talks about um he, does, he just basically talks about all the wrestling themes he did so i gotta check that out at some point so that out too, man. like I grew up on wrestling, bro. We could talk about it all day, all night. To be yeah, yeah, we should we should definitely come back and do another episode because we've been going about two hours now, and I gotta get back to regularly scheduled programming. But um, this has been a fucking pleasure, man. I'm so glad you're not an asshole. It's always good when I when I find random people and and work with them, and they're not dickheads. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. I try my best not to be. <laughs> right, man, I appreciate that too. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. I'll send you a copy of this before it goes live. We'll talk soon.
Okay, absolutely, bro. Take care, man. Thank you. Bye.